everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's that time of the week when you get to hear us take calls from Street Fight listeners. And this week, it's a very special episode of The Call-In Show. It's the Anyone But Cis Dudes edition of The Call-In Show. You may have seen the poster. Thank you to Gina, uh, a.k.a. Lermworm. You can find her on Twitter uh, and Facebook, uh, one of our favorite artists to work with and who will be doing a shirt for us soon. Uh, That being said, we are doing a pre-order right now for a Street Fight Skull t-shirt, black shirt with skulls on it, can't miss with that so we have a long sleeve version that's done by uh, an obelisk an obelisk is his name dan as you may have know him uh from the street fight zines uh he made an awesome cover for the metal zine so the cover for the metal zine has now become a t-shirt we're taking pre-orders from that and i talked to him about what he wanted to do and he said the providence rhode island uh chapter of food not bombs is who we will give a third of our profit to so raise money for a good cause get a cool shirt and a street fight shirt one that says street fight radio on it something that i don't think has ever been done we've had shirts that say street fight but never radio so first of its kind that's available at store.streetfightradio.com and if you're a member of the patreon at any level you get a bonus code every single month for 20 percent off everything in the store so go check it out if you want to support the show let's do what we do and spread this mess across the u.s for those of you that don't know who we are, I'm Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We're Street Fight Radio, number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. And tonight, we're taking your calls. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. And we're looking to hear from anyone but cis dudes. So please do not get flushed. Please do not embarrass yourself. Stay off the line if that doesn't describe you. Uh, and you can call back next week, you know, when it's regular old shit. Uh, this week, we have very special guest in the studio with us, Kristen from Columbus, uh, also a member of the Columbus DSA, mm-hmm. very active member. The member. The, me- the <laughs> member. Columbus DSA. The most the important number member. number one member. That is absolutely not true. Well, number it's <laughs> numero uno. Shocking that socialists run a strict hierarchy, but you are, in fact, the number one member of the Columbus DSA. The president of the Columbus DSA. The God Empress of the Columbus yes. DSA. Yes. <laughs> Got there through succession, not through any sort of voting means or anything. That's right. Handed to you on a, on a platter. Or worked not at all, actually. Didn't work. Didn't lift People a finger. Feed her grapes at the meetings. <laughs> Hunks feeding her grapes. That's true. Even during a pandemic, I make them come feed me my grapes. Yeah. It's important. Uh, big roller coaster of emotions for the past few days, but it looks like. Uh, uh, El Presidente is going back home. Yeah, so, I. Uh, what are you gonna do, man? Figured he'd he'd beat it. He pulled through. You know. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You can't fucking. You you gotta. You can pray for it, the death of someone, and it doesn't happen. You just move on to praying some more. You yep. know. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's it has been a, a very light past couple of days there's been a lot of, a lot of frivolity and fun online uh with uh, this whole mess that they're in uh but yeah now it's back to regular shit i'm sure yeah one got a few more days they were talking about his treatment and it was like one of the things was aspirin and the other one was melatonin and i'm like you don't have to call that treatment that's like not a drug that you know i'm if that's the fucking case i'm on treatment except for the aspirin i don't take a lot of aspirin it's because I don't get headaches because my head's very strong. 
It's like a lot of strength I have, like, up in this area. My intelligent brain. It, I don't get headaches. Interesting. You know? Eh, it's just something about me. bullied them away. I, yeah. I say, hey, you stay out of my head, headaches. And they do. They okay. stay the fuck out. Uh, so, that's been the weekend. It's just, you know. Yeah. Not, uh, a, not, a, not, not the worst time, yeah. I don't think. You know, uh, his uh, poll numbers went down, which I found to be <laughs> completely shocking and weird to me because like your poll numbers go down when you get sick is a weird, weird concept to me. Like I usually, okay. I wonder, I guess we don't have Katie here, so she can't answer. Do my poll numbers go down when I'm sick is the real question. You no, know? you probably get sim- you get sympathy, right? You think so? I would think so. Mm. I've heard I'm not a very fun guy to be around when I'm sick. I've <laughs> oh, just yeah? heard some things, you know? I mean, you've been around me when I'm sick. Do my poll numbers go up or down? I don't really remember it. When we were in California? Oh, you powered through that. Thank you. So my poll numbers go up when I'm sick because I'm powerful. I was impressed, yeah. And strong. Uh, Trump, apparently not. His poll numbers go down. Yeah. Makes what sense. do you think about your poll numbers? I don't really see you sick very much. What are my poll numbers? Um, usually just sleep. I just go into a coma. Basically, I stop eating and I sleep as much as I can. And then that's when I, when I you know, a few days later, I come back. So Erica's like, it's up. You think you go up with Erica or down? What's um, the... It's I don't the know movement of the poll. I think I go up. She's big into sympathy. She does like to do it's the nice. baby stuff. It's nice. Or Tristan, get me stuff. Do you? Uh, do your poll numbers go up when you're sick or down? Hmm. I would say down. I'm down. usually pretty like gross when I'm sick. Oh, okay. Like, what have... about your husband though? Where do his poll numbers? Oh, he's go? a big baby. Yeah, so his, his go, down go down too. See, that's the thing. <laughs> this fucking Trump. He must be a baby. I don't know how your poll numbers go down like nine points when you're sick. It's the wildest thing. Because Americans, when he got sick, the first thing I thought was like, this motherfucker's going to win the election off of this, you know? Because people are just going to be like, especially I thought there were going to be libs that are like, this is going to change him. He's going to be oh, a different sure. person after this, yeah. you know? There's been some of that. Is there? Yeah, there's I been some of that. can't even imagine that, thinking that. But, like, I just figured people were going to, like, get a generally take a lighter tone with them. And be, and, but apparently those poll guys were calling people and people were like, man, fuck this guy. He's sick. Yeah, we got to find something else. <laughs> what kind of a loser gets sick? so that's i've been thinking about that all weekend just as soon as i saw those numbers earlier today where it was like i think 41 to 52 i think i was like how in the fuck does that happen especially because all the q people think that this is a cover that he's going and doing some kind of sting right now like they're finally like Going out and imprisoning all of his enemies or something. Yeah, this is the last. That's tight, hurrah. though. So he said he was sick, and now he's like in some other country, like mm-hmm. shooting pedophiles. And, yeah, he sh- he's killing pedophiles somewhere. And, like he's sneaking up on them with the knife and like cutting their throats and shit. Yes, he's, he's, he's got he's, piano wire and he's dragging out every high high ranking pedophile. He's Trump from the uh, 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 Rambo flag. 
that they all have. Yes. You know, he's actually him. That and, whole and Garrison Trump. Yeah, that whole thing inside that suit is all muscle. I know we all looked at that and yeah. we were like, well, this guy is not looking good. But uh that's actually all muscle in there. Yep. So yep. that's what goes on with that guy. That's my uh Trump theory. Okay. I'd love to know from callers, you know, where your poll numbers go when you're sick. Apparently mine go up because I'm powerful. <laughs> Brett respects power and strength. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. I, uh, I I like somebody what I, I like somebody that takes care of themselves. And what I mean by takes care of themselves is like a, a NyQuil until you pass out for like 16 hours and uh, doesn't doesn't make a word. Are like, you the type of dude? Let me ask you this about yourself, because this is a good question. Are you the type of dude that because this is who I am? It won't admit you're sick until like eight days in when you can't absolute when it's like I cannot get out of bed without because bar I'll barf. You know, I'll have like food poisoning and I'll be like, ah, no, man, <laughs> you know? I'm okay. It don't matter. <laughs> no, I've gotten over that. Oh, really? I can't, it's pretty, I mean, like if I feel crummy, I'm just, I'll just like usually take a nap. I usually take a nap as soon as, if I feel a little crummy and I'll just let Erica know what's up. Like, Hey, I'm about to take a nap and uh, we'll see what happens when I get up. But I, I usually shut it down early. Like I don't, I can't. I don't want to admit it because then that means you're sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the problem with me is like, I think I have in my brain and you know, if I started, I did have what I thought were COVID system symptoms once and we took a week off. So like, it's not like I'm, that's not what I'm saying. If I had COVID symptoms, I would absolutely say something, but in normal times, I think I have in my mind that like, if you don't say you're sick in your head, you aren't sick. Yeah. So like I've had the flu for a couple days before I was like, you know what? You need to like get in bed and <laughs> like handle it. Or I've had diarrhea for a few days and just been like, that's just your shits, dude. That's just the way your life works. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel for me, I I've never powered through long-term symptoms, but I do have to say like, if I get a sniffle or from like, my throat is scratchy, I'm going to take a two hour nap or I'm going to pause things. And I'm like, two hours later, it's fine. I'm like, you, you were that you didn't need to do happens. all that. that was a bullshit thing, which is fine. I'd rather do that than convince myself that my brain is deciding how sick I'm going to be. Katie's extremely, <laughs> Katie's extremely like, I never seen anybody. Well, I have seen people like this, but like if she even gets a scratch one time in her throat and coughs two times, she goes and buys emergency. Yeah. And I always tell her, no way that stuff works. Just, there's not even a possibility that it works. But you know what? Fucking get it. You know? If it yeah. makes you feel like it's working, get it? I think that stuff's a scam. And now nine callers will call yeah. tonight and yell at me for this. <laughs> this is not the call for that. This is not the show for that because my wife has two bottles of it sitting right up there for a moment's notice. <laughs> As That's, soon as she feels a drip on her nose, she's like, all right, emergency. It's an emergency right now. <laughs> Katie always wants me she, in emergency. There was this period where Snapple was making these like new agey drinks. Oh, yeah. And they had a tangerine mango one and it had echinacea in it. And I had watched an independent movie where they said, where one of the characters said echinacea prevents you from getting sick. 
So I drank it every single day. It's just a sugary ass drink with probably two grind. Like somebody just like essence. Yeah. The essence of echinacea. And I was just like, yeah, I don't get sick because of the Snapple to tell you the truth. (laughs) Yeah. It's like medicine. Green tea is my ancient medicine that I like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I'm not sick. I don't use any of that stuff. I, I kind of, if I get a cold, what I do is I fucking go and I lay in my bed and I buy every, I have every over the counter drug that you could ever possibly have. And I just like, I'm like, what if you put two NyQuil with a Sudafed and you see what that fucking does? You know, if that's the magic mixture, sure. you know, I'm Mr. You're Doc Pemberton, the guy yeah, that created Coca-Cola. <laughs> Doc Pemberton. I always think that there's like a, a well, okay. Alka-Seltzer. Right. With a little bit of zinc and a Sudafed, that'll do it. That's going to make me feel. And I always, in my brain, it's like, yeah, that's going to, you know, make me feel normal. I always think the medicine is going to make me feel normal. Like, and it makes you feel worse just mass than any well dayquil makes you feel worse than any dayquil is terrible yeah i've never felt as bad it's kind of it's one of those it's like a bad trip where like by the end of it you're like i hated every single moment of that but i kept it cool and nobody at work (laughs) thought i was a fucking weirdo even though i felt like i was on you feel like internally like you're at the top of a ferris wheel like you just feel like you're descending from a ferris wheel the whole time and you're just trying to talk to people like yeah i I saw that i saw that instance in the report as well you know and inside you're just upside down (laughs) i can't believe they send people to work on that shit like that's what that stuff's for it does get it i mean it erases everything but at a big cost it's worse than (laughs) drinking honestly yeah but it's just as powerful i mean it's what it just it gets you it's like you felt one way, and then an hour later, you're a different person now. Yeah. Like, it, it works on demand. Like, you yeah. know, like having a six-pack would. Absolutely. Let's get some calls in, man. Ready to take these calls? Bella, this is the last time I'm going to say man this episode. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh-oh. A scout? Oh, it's Hey, you. who's this? Oof. Uh, this is Jordan from Arkansas. Sorry for the delay. I heard two beeps, so I didn't know if it was me or not. We're we're Mr. Beeps. What what's going on tonight, Jordan? Nothing much. How are y'all? Feeling pretty good. Just about punched to, in. About to crate it up. Yeah, we just punched the clock real quick, and uh, we're ready to take some calls. What's up? Nothing much. I actually, um, since it is the, uh, the no fist dude episode and we're kind of on the, on, uh, this kind of thing, I wanted to ask for y'all's advice, uh, on how to deal with parents. So I'm trans and my, uh, mom misgenders me and dead names me all the time still. And I told her like three years ago and I've been transitioning for, five years or so. So I was wanting to know if y'all had any advice as parents oh. and as kids, how to deal with that. Oh man, that hurts so how bad. To pull out your- <laughs> it does. I, I don't think I, yeah, I mean, I-, I couldn't under, I don't even know if I could understand what that's like. Um, well, I don't know. I, they're asking us, us as parents though. I mean, which is like a different I, I, muscle. I don't think me and you have any, any way to tell somebody how to, how to deal with some of this stuff. But I think I could tell you that, you know, obviously I'm a different person and my, 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 
if my daughter came out, I would, you know, do everything I could to, to make her feel, uh, comfortable. Uh, have you expressed like, I, I think like the thing with me is like when my kid expresses to me that I've made her feel bad, I want to know why. And I'm sure you've expressed that it, how it makes you feel, but have you expressed sort of like, uh, like in an almost apolitical fashion, I think just internally how that makes you feel to her. Yeah. uh, I kind we've talked about it a couple of times before and we kind of talked about how it makes me feel, but it still kind of keeps on happening. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like, call her out necessarily and be an asshole right but i i do want to like say you know this means a lot to me i would i need to be called by my pronouns and my name yeah so um i mean are you getting a lot of the a lot from from her otherwise i mean besides that stuff is is she adding like is she giving you good advice is she helping you do what any other things you want in your life or uh, yeah, I mean, my mom is super supportive. Like, uh, an example is I actually just proposed to my boyfriend of a long time, and she kind of helped plan that out, and she uh, helps uh, do other things in my life. So she's not like, and I don't think she's a bad person or she's trying to be mean. It's just like I've lived so long as this you know, one person in the, under this one uh, name and these gender uh, pronouns, and now I have a new name. Uh, my name that should have been named, and my genders I should have been called my whole life, but she didn't know that. So does she, does she like affirm your identity? She just like forgets, or it's just a negligence thing. Um, I think sometimes she she uh. Um, she, she does, but the majority of the time she doesn't. And I think it's both an like negligence thing. And also sometimes when I do call her out or I have called her out on it in the past, she just reverts back. So it's almost like a both instinctual thing of going back what was the past and kind of just not caring sometimes too, or not putting an effort in, I guess is more the, uh, the term I'd use. So this is going to sound really hokey, but if she's generally a supportive person and, you know, isn't trying to be malicious, then even though I know this is a serious thing, a way that you can, you know, point it out regularly when she makes the mistake, um, is literally to do like, like a cuss jar but like a mom, you misgendered me again jar. <laughs> I mean, and be like, you have to put a dollar in this jar every time you. Mis- so you have a a funny way to point it out, but you're making the point regularly. Jesus, that almost like because moms are also hokey too. Like I think. I mean, I think that of wives, and I have one, so I'm allowed to say that. I think <laughs> like, only if it would be like comfortable for you to do it. But um, sometimes with me, I have a hard time like feeling like I'm bringing down the vibe, but that would be a way that would be kind of lighthearted, but also you're like, I'm serious. I'm going to point this out every single time you do it. So <laughs> yeah. Cause I can't yeah, I mean, imagine five years is a lot. I mean, I, I would 
I, I probably would not get it right for a year if, if my kid said I have a new name yeah, that I chose. This is three years. I mean, that's right. This is so long. It just really, I, I think there needs to be, I don't know what your what your situation is like, but if, if the, I don't know if there is groups that you could go to to talk this out with, with somebody else or a mediator or somebody, but it just seems like there needs to be something in, like, I was going to tell you to run out on her, was what I was going to say. That's you need Brett's to solution. scare the shit out of her and think she'll never see her kid again, and then come back and see what the respect looks like. But, but that's the Brett Payne, Brian Quinby solution for all things with parents. Never talk to them again. Yeah, I right. cut my parents out because they were not supportive of me, and it wasn't anything to that degree, but... Um, you can put the fear yeah. in them. You can I put, the, you can put some real only, fear into them. It's the only leverage that you have yep. is is your time and your presence in their life. And like honest, like that's obviously a last ditch and not something I would recommend no. to people. Like, but like at a certain point, if like if it were a boyfriend or a boss or a friend who was doing that to you regularly and and not and just like you know not changing at all, that would be my advice. Like at some point this person is just like not respecting you and you have to like, you know, you know, can I ask the leverage that you have, but can I ask you, uh, because I think, I think I might be onto something here. How old are you, Jordan? I am 25. That's the thing. You're at the age. I know where you're at right now. And I was there too. And, uh, Brett was there and, uh, every single person, has a reckoning with their parents at some point in their 20s. And it's usually in the late 20s where you're like, for me, it was like, I feel like I have to love them and I have to be there for them. You know what I mean? I Obligation. You feel they're my parents and they're important because society has told me that my parents are super important. Well, they are too, and they are important. They do. I mean, mine fucks can me be. up. They mine, can be. Mine spent time. Mine spent a lot of time fucking me up. So yeah. But uh, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, like, you're at an age where there is friction with you, where like every single person, and and like you know, not every single person has friction with their parents at your age. You are, but like you're dealing with something that's like a lot more deep than a lot of us deal with or that or then me and brett can understand but i can say that like at your age there is a push and pull with your parents because your parents still think that you're the kid like but you are an adult fucking married yeah yeah you're about to get married (laughs) you're an adult but your parents still think you're just the little kid that played nintendo all the time while they you know were at work or whatever and that's that's like where the issue is i think your mom probably in my mind just as just to try to get on her in her mind probably doesn't quite like understand that this is a thing that like has been going on your whole life she thinks this is a thing that's been happening for three or four years, you know? And like, uh, uh, I know to you, I know to you that reads like, like disrespect. I, I like totally understand that. But to older people, uh, uh, three years feels a hell of a lot shorter than to 
younger yeah. like i'm 40 and when you say three years i'm like oh that's three minutes actually yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like i've been with my wife for 20 years <laughs> and so like it's like uh, uh your mom probably you like it's it's reiterating to your mom like hey like this isn't a phase and this hurts me and it makes me feel bad and i'm an adult and like i would like you to deal with this because it's not a thing that's going to go away. It's not like when I was really into an whatever embarrassing band you were into when you were 12. You know, <laughs> it's like this is a different thing cuz I I think y- your mom may be thinking of it that way too, like almost like a a, a like a different fashion sense or something. And like it's just old people that are I mean people that are for I'm 41 and people my age are still grappling with trying to understand trans issues and like you know you're talking to two guys that that like are of an age that would have a trouble understanding it but we are sort of immersed in a world where you know it's it's something that that we respect and we know and that we know we've met a lot of people but like i i think like she's gonna come around and i think it's gonna take a lot of correction and i know that feels really bad and that it's not something that you should have to deal with yeah but old people are old trust me i'm very old and uh uh i don't know how i got where i am but i am set in my ways and a lot of other things you know it's also kind of hard like as you get older and get, get grow into adulthood to like start to see your parent as not somebody who's like in charge of you or has this like direct power over you, but seeing them as a fellow adult. Yeah. And so like, think about how you would address this with like a close friend or something, somebody who's like on your level and just be like, this is a fellow adult. I need to treat them like an adult and I need them to treat me like an adult. Um, Cause yeah, I think Brian's right. She probably thinks it's some kind of phase and you'll grow out of it if she just ignores it, but she's got to really understand like, no, this is who I am as a person. You're telling me like, you know, you don't accept me who I am when you do this, me, the person that, you know, you raised, this is who I've always been. So yeah, I think Brian's right that she'll, she'll come around. It'll just take some time. Yeah. The, and I'll, I'll just the capstone on that. What I wanted to say is that, you know, uh, parents are a relationship that you have, uh, and, and that will help you grow as a person. There's somebody that you can try out all kinds of techniques of conflict resolution with. And, uh, there's somebody that can teach you patience. Uh, there's somebody that can teach you about forgiveness. Um, and then ultimately, uh, Kristen is right in that once you stop, if you're not, if you can distance yourself from what her opinion about anything of who you are, you know, and just see them as just, you have to accept that they're just another person on the street. Like that, that's what it became for me too, is like, there, there are just literally another person that, like they, they are, they did happen to have me, but I'm living a whole last life. Um, that is valid and, and real. And you know, that, uh, you know, they need to respect like you would expect from anyone else. So <laughs> thanks for calling in. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Can I, can I plug my stuff? Yeah. Heck yeah. So my Twitter is at blueberry stones with a Z. Um, that's it. Thank you guys. 
Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I can't believe I'm at a point in my life where I'm explaining the parents' point of view on something. Like, I would have never thought I'd get there. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, you know, sometimes parents are really cool. No. Is that your message? They never are. <laughs> yeah. Parents, no, mine's like no parents. Parents just don't understand. It's true. Yeah, they don't understand at all. Still true. Hell no. Let's get a... Uh, a we had some people that were going to call, but they can't get through because the uh, phones don't are busy stop. or they don't know how to dial a phone. Stop. Okay. I'm about to prove your ass wrong right now. Don't prove <laughs> me wrong. Let's see it. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, it's your girl. What's up? How's it going? Oh, my God. Good. Listen, we wanted Simone. you to call in. This is Simone. Local honey. Lo oh, this is local honey. <laughs> yeah. This is local honey. Oh, my God. Big fan. And she is the first woman in the Street Fight Radio family that actually has a creative role. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. It feels great to... To throw uh, a hammer and sickle at the glass ceiling, finally. <laughs> yes. Well, my wife is in it. We have women that are with us, sure. right? I was, just, yeah, I would, just, yeah. Yeah, there's women in in the orbit. They're yeah. like orbiting around. They're spinning through the the galaxy of the Street Fight universe. But, but Simone I'm... is officially here, <laughs> except for we don't employ you. Means does, but. Yeah. But Still writing for the yeah, TV show, you. helping us out. Um, we did a, we did a, we had the stutter start. It took a while to get things going, but we have a studio together. We have a production idea together. So we actually got to put stuff down on paper and uh, figure out what the show is going to be. And it was a lot of fun. It's going to be fantastic. And then, you know, it was a weird summer. We were, we were dealing with something. So I, I understand why it's been like, been a summer of us kind of thinking about what this is going to look like and take you know taking your time and nick and naomi taking their time and um you know now we kind of are ready to move forward and it's going to be it's going to be really funny and really cool it is it's it's a weird time to write and like katie, yeah. katie was talking to me about this recently uh uh at some point me and brett planned to be back out on the road touring and she was like so like are yeah. you She's like, are you writing your COVID stuff? And I was like, I don't think we're going to do it. And she's like, you have to. And I was like, I don't think you have to. But, but like, that's been some of the stuff with the TV show. It's like, okay, so we have this advantage in that, like, everything is done on Zoom now. And you can do a lot of cool shit with Zoom. And it looks like regular TV. Uh, uh, but... Like, it's also like, I do not want to go on this TV show and be like, oh, quarantine's crazy, huh? It's like, <laughs> Brett's got a beard over here. And <laughs> this is uh, real, real garbage fire hell times we're all living through, am I right? <laughs> well, I'd like to go out sometime, but I can't because of COVID-19. I'm well, sorry. I really, I mean, that is something I'm really struggling with. And it, I mean, I think that you guys have, you know, the podcast to fall back on and the radio show, which is fantastic. But I, you know, I don't do that stuff as much. And like I living in New York City and I was performing live comedy like 
like like five times a week. Wow. And it was, you know, it was awesome. And like I had a, you know, my own show and, and right before, um, COVID hit, I had like my show had been accepted to this like solo Manhattan solo artist festival. And I had a show lined up at a, like a theater that I respect in the city. And I was like, all this stuff was popping off. And I just like email by email, one by one, every single one of these shows got canceled over the course of like 48 hours or whatever. And it has been, and you know, like whatever, boohoo, but it's been really hard to not have live performance anymore. And I fucking miss it. And I don't, really want to get on a zoom improv show or a zoom stand-up show i gotta say um not funny or i mean some some comedians make it work but it's not for me i just like can't do it and i really miss performing it's weird i gotta say that it's like a uh me and brett did one and uh there were people in we we brought Kristen here who's here now and we had katie and Brett, we, we had some people in the room watching. We got to gauge their kind of thing. And uh, uh, yeah. we could see the chat. But uh, it is, it's the not chat, the same. Chat. Yeah, the, the chat. The chat's fun. I think it's fun. I think it's a different way to do no, things. No, I think the chat is fun. I think the chat is fun in like a in like a nice little conversational like right now like there's a chat going and like we're 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 talking and it's all really nice and chill and you can interact with people but when you're doing like like a set right. like a like when if I were like if I I I can have a conversation and it can be humorous to you over a thing or whatever if you have a good time but if someone asked me to do my like comedian set. And I'm doing that and reading in real time the feedback right, right. <laughs> to my joke that might be bad, which in a normal situation, you know, if someone doesn't like your set, you know, they're just, they're not going to laugh right. and that's fine. And you're trained to handle that as a comedian, you bomb constantly and you like know what that feels like and you get through it. And actually that's a moment where you can work with the silence and get used to it and kind of like get stronger for it. But when you are being told <laughs> in real time, like exactly why you and what you just said, like sucks is not funny. It's just, <laughs> there yeah. is no way I, I can't recover from that. And it's just so not, yeah. you can't try to make it what it, you can't try and make it what it's not. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a chat full of sycophants. I didn't mean like just random people that want to watch like a, an open mic comedy right. on zoom. <laughs> that sounds like, right. That sounds like terrorists. Um, or I have, there's like a DSA fundraiser zoom comedy show where like Sarah Silverman was on it and, um, Patty Harrison and like some really fun people. And I got to be on it and raise money for these, um, socialists running for office in in new york city and uh and so there were like 400 people on the the thing which is i mean i've never i haven't really i don't think i've ever performed for 400 people live before so that's like a huge audience and i don't know most of them and one person in the middle of my set wrote okay this is getting annoying and i was just like uh how, how do i keep talking how do i can i just i at that point i want to be like okay 
I think this has gotten annoying. I'd like to end my time, but you can't do. <laughs> I, hey, Brian. Oh man. Oh, I have a story. Oh, I, can, I can imagine you saying that. Oh yeah, Alan. go ahead. That's I actually it. have a. I was. We used to perform at this place that had a back room that was really nice. That had like it was just a like a room with black walls and like candles and people that were not comedians actually showed up there to see the open mm-hmm. mics. But they fucking decided to remodel that room, but not cancel the open mics. So uh, me and Brett, oh no, <laughs> they moved it to the front room of a restaurant. It's just as straight up as a restaurant and bar. People were gastro pub, yeah, yeah, and people weren't there for comedy at all. They were there to eat their food, and the comedy was an annoyance we were assaulting them with. And I. <laughs> I fucking got up on stage and I don't remember the joke because like I blanked it out, but there were these there there were these two women sitting at a table right in front of the stage, right in front of me, okay? And I told a joke and then I did that fucking thing that you do when you're doing stand-up because there's nobody else on stage with you where you go like, oh, I guess you don't like drug jokes or something like that. And she was like <laughs> trying to be polite and she looked at her friend right in the face and was like, no, it's just not funny. But she, wa- <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't want me to hear oh it. <laughs> but I heard it and I had two minutes left and I just fucking... Yeah, you could hear everything in that place. There was, there was 16 people in there. I know. it was That was the worst feeling of my life, to have somebody that was yeah. not even trying for me to hear them i don't think she was trying to hurt my feelings but i could just it was loud enough that it was like fuck (laughs) that's the same place where i walked on stage i I walked on stage and grabbed the mic and it came unplugged and then i plugged it in put it back on the stand and walked off the stage (laughs) (laughs) god yeah i mean it's torture why do we do this to ourselves literally a fucking insane masochism thing but yes we love i miss performing live like somehow i miss that i, I miss I, that shit like i mean my thing is like my thing right now too is like i would like to be able to travel so me and you and brett and drew can could somehow meet somewhere or fly you and drew to columbus so we could all four do yeah. something where we're in the same room doing a uh uh doing some sort of bit together since it's just the four of us working on the show, you know, like it's that kind of stuff. That's a real bummer that, that like travel has become such like, I don't want to do it, you know? And if I do, I want to do it in a car. And uh, the last time I did it in a car, my car broke down. (laughs) So I'm a little nervous about that. And Trump, well, I think I could drive out to Ohio sometime. I don't think Drew can, but I could. I could get in a car and uh, New York to Ohio is don't what, it, like eight hours? Yeah, I could do that. eight or nine. Yeah. I yeah. need a car. I don't have a. I don't have a car. I can't imagine <laughs> you. Why would you have a car in New York though? You don't need a car. No, I don't. No, I. I we. I did have a car uh, that my grandma gave me, or rather, it was given to me when she died and it was uh like a toyota camry or whatever and it had like 15 miles on it and she'd had it for like 20 fucking years and i got maybe 
$3,000 in parking tickets on that fucking car <laughs> having it parked in Brooklyn because there's alternate side parking and then the fire hydrants and it was the worst like two years of my life because I'd wake up in the, on like a like a Tuesday or whatever and be like oh my god I'm parked on a, the Monday side of the street and have to <laughs> run and find my keys and find where I'd park this fucking car and like then in the end um, my sister totaled, totaled it and uh like good riddance, bad rubbish. Relief to not have a. It was good to not have that fucking car anymore. It was honestly, the worst. But if I were to get a car, <laughs> maybe I would drive you out can, there sometime. But yeah. no, it's really not like a time for travel. And I want. I wish we could meet up. Yeah, yeah Drew's I, Drew has family in Ohio, so there is a oh, chance. Really? Yeah, well, in like a really weird small town in between the. Big city. He doesn't want to do that. Yeah, I don't think he wants to. I don't think he wants to visit. Probably, but yeah, he he uh, he has family in Ohio. He he knows a bit. He sends me articles from his small town, and there is a lot fucking going on in that, town, which is wow. true. Which wow. is true of every town between the major cities in Ohio. Sure. There's just a lot going on out in that part of the state. Ohio is such a is such a exotic place to me. <laughs> I've grown up in New York City and went to college in New York City and living now in New York City like uh you know I it it's just it, to me it's such a it's such an enigma i don't know i i I can't wait to go i'm the same way about florida because i don't live oh yeah because i've only been to florida twice and we were just about to go down there on tour for the first time and like i was convinced and jake flores was gonna come with us gonna be me brett and jake driving all over florida Oh, that'd be so fun. The first time we went to Florida was just one show in Jacksonville with the Hellfire Boys with uh, the Trillbillies and the District Sentinel Sams. Yeah. And that was a crazy night. Like, it it was a crazy time that we spent there. Like, it was a real whirlwind. Like, was it 36 hours, I think? Like, and I was like... It's going to be fucking crazy to be in Florida for a week because like, I mean, like, so we got an Airbnb because there were so many of us that we had to, you know, stay in these huge houses and uh, it was on a river, like a bayou and it had a canoe at it. And we had these, oh my God, we had these bottles of liquid acid that somebody gave us liquid mushrooms. Yes. (laughs) That, that somebody gave us and on one of the previous tour dates and everybody was fucking tripping and uh the 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 weirdest thing was that the guy showed up to clean up the Airbnb an hour early with a baby with just a diaper on and like just Oh no. <laughs> also they left a live bird in there. Oh yeah, there were live birds in the Airbnb. <laughs> just very florida (laughs) and i was like and sam Sachs knew somebody there and they brought their dad to the show and they got their dad so fucking high that he couldn't fucking function i think he fell down fell over he fell over splatted on the concrete (laughs) to the concrete (laughs) and i was just like florida is 
paradise for guys like me i think <laughs> yeah that's the, where you're gonna retire a bunch of dudes that are like way too tan and have blonde hair yeah like dyed blonde hair that the real color's gray and they're driving a, <laughs> like one of those slingshots with like like proud to be an american blaring out of it <laughs> and it never gets yes. cold they have this the Joe, the Joe Biden, way too white veneers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. I mean, all the guys. The COVID is. Yeah. All the guys there look like they have ponytail. Like, look like they would have a ponytail if they could grow it out. One of the biggest tragedies of of coronavirus is that we can't all hang out and uh, t- take drugs and like push old people over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, like, yeah. Have a crazy night. That guy smoked all the weed. So, you know, mm, there's okay, so. <laughs> that was his fault. We I mean, it, Brett <clears throat> people will never I I mean, you listen to the show. People who listen to the show know that Brett smokes a lot of weed. But I I want to be clear yeah. that this is dabs. These are extracts. It's not even flowers. So when you hear that fucking lighter go up, he's doing a dab. So Brett and the yeah. Sams do more weed and Terrence do more Terrence. Terrence didn't. No, no. Brett and the Sam's do more weed than anybody. I've ever, I've never seen anything like it. Like, it's just, we did a lot of weed growing up, but the weed is like, you know how the anti weed people would be like the weed now is 17 times stronger. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Brett still smokes the same amount of weed. I smoked when it was 17 times less strong. <laughs> I enjoy it. I'm a connoisseur. Terrence, yeah. Terrence, I actually got to meet him over the quarantine. Cause really? he came to one of uh one of my, uh, but like not in person into one of my zoom communism reading groups on a friday night randomly what a dork and it was so and everyone was so <laughs> of you. what is wrong with you two <laughs> that's cool <laughs> yeah it was cool that's was awesome cool. he's a great guy a word for it. yeah he's a great guy yeah so so uh what yeah. you got we'll to meet all, him we'll all get together someday oh, okay yeah we yeah we were supposed to do a show in new york too we were gonna go nuts there nuts actually we're only going to be there for one day because it's too expensive when was back in may when was that supposed to be in may May. we were going to do the hellfire congregation tour and come through new york with uh the the trillbillies and the sams uh let me say that here's the thing here's what i feel about it just because about this conversation is I do think it sucks right now, but we have been working a lot on other stuff and getting like other skills together. And I don't think that like everything that shuts down is permanently closed forever. And and I think things will come back. I don't think we're going to get rid of like live performance, but this hiatus is uh, is hard to deal with for sure. But I mean, we've been. I mean, I like doing the I like doing the online stuff more. You know, figuring out Zoom shit is interesting. And, uh, you know, it's a change of pace, but still, I mean, we were going, we, I did love, for sure. I love, like we would be gone for like, a, like 10 days a month. We would be on the road. And now I was like around my whole family all the time, <laughs> which, you know, is not a problem. It's just an adjustment, you know, it's just not what I'm used to. Significantly sure. less cocaine. Sure. Yeah. That too. <laughs> I think I- 
I just, I, you know, I, I think you forget that I live in a, in a one bedroom, very small New yeah. City apartment. Sorry about so that. So I am, it's, it's a little harder for me to feel like, uh, sane and connected to reality. Yeah. I understand that. <laughs> but yes, I, I agree. No, it, it, it hasn't been like fucking torture being home. You know, when I have loved ones around me and I have a dog and a boyfriend that I live with and it's, you know, and we've been able to strike up this, this working relationship, this artistic friendship relationship over Zoom, and uh, and we're going to put out some great shit. And, you know, if it's not great, then we'll just be able to say, well, we did it over Zoom. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? It is going to be... I The stuff we have planned is very funny. Uh, you and Drew are great, and we love you both. And... Uh, we're going to just have to, when shit happens, we're going to have to do a Street Fight TV tour and just take them with us and fucking do whatever that yeah. is together. Because, I mean, if people, oh, sorry, if people could fucking hear the writers meetings, they would, that would be a podcast that people would enjoy a lot. <laughs> and yeah, I like them because nobody can hear them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brett, Brett's daughter comes in. He's like, "Hold on, I gotta, I gotta mute my dumb daughter is here." Well, that happens on the regular show. Yes. She comes in for a snack every single show. Every show, every show. I'm vamping, which I'm bad at. Like, I'm not good at doing the whole like. Well, here's what happens. Like, they leave. Brett leaves, and I go like this. Well, I'm talking now. You know, Brett's not in here. <laughs> just me sitting. That's maybe a TV bit. We should just have like a three minutes of me <laughs> saying, well. <laughs> Let's do it. Simone, thank you for calling. Uh, tell course. people where to find you, except for Street Fight. Um, and uh, uh, again, we love you. I love you guys. You can find me um, on Twitter, God, at... <laughs> Why Simone? Why that's W H Y Simone W H Y, and you can find me on Instagram at local honey spelled H U N N Y, and uh, you can find me in my one bedroom apartment <laughs> somewhere in New York City. Lots of great doggies in my mind. Lots of great doggies on the Instagram. Lots of good doggies on the Instagram. Somebody that's pro dog is riding for the street fight. It's hard to believe. Uh, television. She snuck show. through the screening process. <laughs> yeah, we did not ask her if she was pro dog, but you know what? We need a pro yeah, dog person in the organization, so that works. I'm ha happy to represent. Thanks, guys. Thanks for calling, Have a good Simone. One. We Peace. love you. Oh, that's so Bye, fun. That was so fun having her call in. Yeah, I don't think people know that her and Drew Spears are writing the show with us no i didn't know i'm excited yeah yeah they're right <laughs> yeah the show with we actually us. i feel good i feel good about it I, I like me and you i feel like we have a strong connection and stuff but uh i think that the the extra two people gets things done better you know and is a way better it, it just sharpens the sword even more you god. know when they pitch stuff i will be like oh my god that's the greatest thing i've ever heard which is what me and Brett say to each other, I never thought there would be other people that would be able to understand Street Fight the way that me and Brett understand Street Fight. I actually can't figure out how they understand this show in the same way that me and you understand this show. You know what I mean? It's like, not our thing, man. It belongs to the people. Bro. It does, though. Everything, I mean, anything like this does end up 
becoming a thing that belongs to the people, people who we're the people enjoy champ. it. But like, uh, uh, it's odd that casting. It's odd that it's odd that like they understand this show in a way that like they've never even pitched anything where we were like, eh, that's you know that's not gonna work. It, like pretty much a lot of the stuff they've pitched, we're like, yeah, that's fucking perfect. It's like they're writing for us. I still haven't been embarrassed for them for something they've something they've pitched. More embarrassed for me. More like more embarrassed of me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a foot. I'd like to put my foot in my mouth, especially if it's not being recorded. It, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all, you should get a TV show. If you're a podcaster out there, you should get a TV show. Because let me tell you, those writers' meetings—that's exactly what you think podcasting is until you start podcasting, and you're like, "Wait a minute, yeah, this is this is not just free flowing, throwing funny ideas at each other. Yeah. It's an actual thing, you know." Oh, I want to give an update real quick. Okay. Can I do that? Yeah. I bought a model. Oh. A it's model. from last week. Nice fucking model. Nice fuck Hong Kong. Yeah. I watched that last night. <laughs> Ugh. Hate that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, so, not a Beetlejuice, but. Uh, you bought a Beetlejuice model. No, no, no. I you said a not sandwich. I was kit. critiquing Beetlejuice. And I said there's not enough Beetlejuice in Beetlejuice. Can I say I always thought Beetle I always thought I only saw half of Beetlejuice and I didn't realize that that's the end of the movie. Like I always thought that was like minutes. the beginning, like the the establishment shit. Like there should have been a lot more after that, I think. Yeah, I just don't think there's enough Beetlejuice. I want like Beetlejuice every three minutes and dude, movie. he's so good in that. I know I love, it gets me going so much. He's one of the best characters of all time. It just still is like you just giggle when he starts fucking talking. And rowdy, <laughs> yeah, 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 and he's oh. in the tux and shit. I think we got a live one here. Like that, I was addicted. I love it. That cartoon. I also said, I said to Charlotte, she's like, I don't want to watch Beetlejuice. I was like, you should look for Lydia Dietz. She'll be a style icon for you. And she was like, okay, I'll watch Beetlejuice then. Yeah. <laughs> Gwen, Gwen loved it growing up. She's a real big fan. But anyway, so I bought a model. Okay. Nice. A seventy-six model. Nova. Cool. I bought. A spray paint, a black spray paint. Okay. A paint kit. Got it. An exacto knife. Okay. Those are the things. How about I your bought. glues? No glue. Gotta get your glues. What's a glue? Like just model glue and I'm, then, I'm like gonna little, get on that right now. A little adhesive strips and shit too. Here's the thing that I'm bummed about. I just want you to know they don't have a 1997. Pontiac Grand Am. Model. What? I know. That's a classic car. <laughs> 25 years old, right? It's the oh, classic not yet. car. A GT, right? Yeah. I wanted one. They don't have a Pontiac Sunfire. What? They don't have a 2015 Kia Soul. See, this. <laughs> it's like, what is this hobby? You know what I mean? Like, I can't get all the shitty cars that I've ever owned because that's it's what I was going to. I was going to get a fucking Grand Am and paint it. Oh my god! So it would look like a fucking granddad. I would love to have my '85 Nissan Stanza. I know. I, I would love to have that on the mantle. And my daughter says, "Why do you have that?" I was like, "That was my. That's what I drove to work. <laughs> when I told you I worked at the warehouse, I drove this car for nine months, and then it blew up on me in a snowstorm, and I had to walk <laughs> home for two and a half hours." <laughs> I thought I, I was gonna buy this for the studio last night. There was a uh, Grandam poster. Oh, that's a good idea. I, I, How much? Two thousand. Well, it was a card for five dollars. Card? Like a card? Like a 
Baseball card? Baseball trading card, card for a 2001 Pontiac Grand Am. Okay, all the stats on the back? <laughs> yes, there are. You can flip it over. Shit. But, uh, go. so I might be rethinking the model hobby. I'm going to try. Why? Because you can't I get I want to make crummy cars. I wanted to make crummy cars. Like, yeah. I wanted to be, like, a guy that was like, hey, come over and look at my models. And somebody would be like... Grand Dams are fucking what? shitty car. And here's the thing about the Grand Dam. It's a plastic fucking car. They should have models. Yeah, that's of the already Grand made. Dam. Just you could, shrink down the equipment. You could melt down the Grand Dams and just you Oh God. That's Mr. Fuller type thinking. What I wouldn't do for a model of a Grand Dam made out of a Grand Dam. <laughs> I would do anything for that. I mean, I, I know it's hard. I know you want a hobby, but you don't want to monetize things, but that could be fucking huge. I know it could be huge, you, but you could recycle a car into models of the car and make a shitload of money. I bet. Yeah, it's just it's a hobby, dude. I know, I'm, and everybody, it's it like the, it's like fucking music in the Beatles, where it's like, are you going to get a Rolling Stones model or a Led Zeppelin model? It's all like you know, fucking Dodge Chargers and Camaros and Mustangs, and they got a six dollar Grand Am sales brochure. I want the poster. I want like a I want it says like hot heat and it has like a Grand Prix on it or something with some <laughs> We need a Grand Dam. Yeah. We need Grand Dam representation I mean, in guys, the Street Fight Studio. You guys have the wood grain paneling, so you really need to like up the early nineties vibe yeah. in here by having some like hot lady calendar, like the hot lady Lamborghini well, calendar. We can't do that. We're gonna have Grand dudes Dam. too. Okay. We're have a fireman's calendar next to it. Yes. And then yeah. But uh yeah, I do want the car. I we do need a uh the car. We we did you ever have, have a Grand Dam? I did not. Okay. What you what was your like first? Did you have a crummy car like a piece no, of shit? I was lucky. lucky. I got my dad's business card. He was a traveling salesman, so it was a '99 Honda Accord Special Edition with like oh, a V6 engine. Yeah. And so I, because it had such a powerful engine on it, I learned to drive like a maniac. That's great. So now I'm like an aggressive driver all of my friends know that i'm a very great driver and they're never terrified that's cool katie <laughs> yeah, actually that's a good skill to have katie asked me if i could paint rust on the 76 nova like her old car <laughs> they make rust kits for sure <laughs> if it's a, it's a, it's a is it plastic or is it a, a die cast model this is going to be a plastic model oh really for how much 30 bucks, 20, oh, oh, gotcha. Seven dollars. I thought you were doing one of the die cast, the, the Wait, metal ones. What are those? They're made of metal instead okay, of plastic. Okay, I'm gonna Google that. But those ones you can do metal work. You can you can definitely make it look like it's rusty. Okay. Well, let's see if they they Just make do, a die cast. Well, I'll buy a model. I'll, I'm gonna do a Gundam. I'll, maybe I'll do an <laughs> Ava. I'll probably do an Ava unit, to be honest, uh, will be what I want to do. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I think I'm gonna maybe an 18-inch Trigun statue. If they don't do the cars. If they don't do funny cars, then I am going to move on to doing other models, I think. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like it's soldier like, models? Not soldiers. <laughs> you, know, you know I hate soldiers. What about what about model trains? <laughs> okay, that I've heard is super expensive. Yeah, oh yeah. And the models But you can spend the rest of your life doing it. It doesn't like end after you get the cars you want. You're literally never done and you're obsessed for the next flocked tree that you can put next to the old graveyard or whatever the fuck there's two problems with model trains brett okay this is an abcd show me and brett are talking Sorry. about model trains <laughs> there's two problems the most sister thing ever. <laughs> the problem with model trains there's two problems with model trains okay one a lot of space way yeah, too much space it's tight i live in apartments oh yeah 
I'm actually planning Sorry. to downsize when I move. And uh, and the other thing is, when we do get back to touring, you're done. Like, I, what the fuck am I gonna do? You're gonna smash all the models? No, I'll, I'll keep the models. Okay, you know, I gotta get glue now. See, yeah, what you have to get into is whittling. We have a because then you can whittle whatever you want. I don't. Yeah, you yeah. your Trans Am, you whittle. I agree. You need to find you're on the road. You're whittling. You need something with a longer lifeline that like you can just do forever now. The apocalypse uh, comes, doesn't matter. You're still whittling. We got a billion calls. So All right, let's, let's get in. the calls. Let's get Sorry. these calls. You get know, too excited. Brian's hobbies. People love when I get a hobby. I'll, I want to paint stuff. I like painting board game stuff. Okay. Hey, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, how you doing? It's Emma. What's up? What's up, Emma? How you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, finally decided to say hi to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for calling. It. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, yeah, I just thought I'd tap my job a little bit because I'm sure you all know I work at the zoo and we're open during a pandemic, so fun time. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. How's that going? Yeah, you were you were for um, you were you were giving me some information actually yesterday on uh you were you were telling me that if I become a lizard guy, my wife won't leave me, which. She will not. That's a that's that's a bold statement. I think all lizard guys' wives leave them. <laughs> no, um, I say this. One of my previous jobs, I worked for basically a small business tyrant who had a bazillion lizards, and um, he still had his wife, and he was a goddamn lunatic. Like I know he cheated on her multiple times, and she had not left him. Like at least by the time I left that job, I left that job before she did. <laughs> yeah. Him. All right. So what's it uh, like yeah. at the zoo during the pandemic? Because uh, it's outdoors. It it, pro it feels like if it's outdoors, <laughs> people are going to be a lot less careful, I think. Um, it is honestly a mix, I'd say. Like, obviously, you hear, like, the horror stories, you know, like, create, you know, like all the, the videos, people going viral, taking off their masks, screaming at people, punching people and stuff. Um, for the most part, it's honestly all right i think people are just um happy to get out of the house with their kids for a little bit um it's outside so objectively if you're outside and you have a mask on your risk is lower um people for the most part are happy to be at the zoo they're happy to get out they have their kids they're respectful you know they keep their masks on they have a good time then there's just like amount of people who just fucking roll up and they have their masks on either like um just showing off their nose i see people just kind of jamming them in their mouths like a weird ball gag or something like <laughs> i don't understand what's going on like it's been like seven months you should know how to wear a mask correctly who, which um, I, I went yeah, to they, they <laughs> i once saw i one time saw a kid at the zoo like a huge kid wearing no pants just running around in a diaper and his parents were saying <laughs> Jeremy, where'd your pants go? <laughs> Jeremy, where'd your pants go? And they were just gone. <laughs> Kids are the best. I, They're number one. No man, like, tiger enclosure for sure. Like yeah. Kids, and it's like a zoo. They like roll up, like yeah, they're like in diapers or like in a Spider-Man costume. It's not Halloween. This one just like Spider-Man yeah. that day, you know. <laughs> like, um, God, I'm trying to think of anyone that did anything really ridiculous. Nothing crazy. <laughs> um, sometimes people roll up clearly like into the pup place or the furry scene but in my opinion that's kind of on me like oh uh, like I, I know what this is you're like, clocking them, I'm yeah. just like you know 
I'm too deep into the internet world. You know what I mean? I, uh, <laughs> but they're all having a good time. Everyone's so cool. is it, I, I actually, somebody told me a story in the past two days, and it might have been you even, Brett, that, uh, or it was Katie that saw some people that were wearing headbands in the store. Oh, it was at Michael's. Katie and Gwen went to Michael's, the craft store. And these people didn't bring masks, but they had headbands on, so they just pulled them down and put them around their mouth. And that was their mask. <laughs> like a skinny-ass basketball headband? Yeah, like they were wearing... Like, oh, yeah, like a hair thing. Yeah, Like a hair thing, and they put the fucking thing on like a mask. People are I, just losing it. I, I, how is attendance, though? Is it up? Um, um. Oh, God, it's a mix. So, like, I mean, I, um, we, I guess I can't, like, officially say numbers since I work for the place. I, I don't know. I, sure. The world of the zoo is the most apolitical place ever. I cannot imagine anyone's going to be like, I'm a real street fight last night. Um, sure. <laughs> for sake, um, we have lost a lot of money. We closed down right before spring break, break, which is where the majority of zoos make a huge amount of their money. Sure. So we were definitely hurting. Um we had to reopen. We had to limit our capacity just for social distancing. So we've been doing, we tend to get sold out, but we're not at the capacity we used to be like last year because okay. you can't like have the whole zoo open. Um, it's a mix. Like bougie people love to join to the zoo. We had a virtual fundraiser last week and we raised like a ridiculous amount of money. So um, I mean, knock on wood, who knows what's going to happen. Um, I think like the zoo is going to be overall like, okay, okay. I can't speak for like, you know, the kind of the, the little people in the world of the zoo, if that makes sense. But um, I feel like most kind of big zoos, city, you know, park run, like kind of like the official, the good zoos, not the Tiger King zoos. Um, I think they will, they will survive this. I can't see yeah. them, any of them really yeah. being in danger of closing down the long run, even if you know, it leads to say like layoffs and stuff that impacts kind of, you know, not like, you know, not the people, not the boards or the, the curators. It's always going to be, you know, like the dude who gives you the hot dogs and your little pantsless kids, a little, you know, like souvenir toys and stuff. Yeah. So, um, what do yeah. So I, it could be worse. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I'm really interested that you said this, but bougie people love the zoo. Does that mean attending the zoo or raising money for the zoo? Raising money for the zoo because it seems like so nice. It's like, oh, we care about the elephants. Conservation and, and all that. you know, they'll go to mm -hmm, conservation and stuff. I mean, they probably all like vote Biden down the line immediately. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like people love to give a ridiculous amount of money to the zoo because it's like animals and objectively who doesn't love animals. And then you get a very nice tax write off because, you know, you gave like, you know, a couple grand to a nonprofit. Um, Little fun fact: If you give the zoo enough money, they will to name an animal. Just, just a heads <laughs> How much up. that run? Okay. Can we name an animal Lonnie? Yeah. Um, where we won't get anything out of it at all, but it'll be named Lonnie, like a gecko or something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Iguana. Is, okay. This is all to be fair. Like disclaimer: This is hearsay. So I heard it from someone who heard it from someone. This is not official, um, and I don't speak for all zoos. Um, but I've been told allegedly, um, yeah, 10 grand and you can name, you can name, um, you can name the gecko Alon. <laughs> cool. Oh, I wanna... sloth yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. A sloth would be a good one too. Could we name it? Lonald? Sloth, definitely. I would like to name um, it Lonald because sure. I, I decided that the long form of Lonnie is, is Lonald. <laughs> Makes sense. Hi, I'm Lonald. 
What do you we do at the have zoo? Gotten wise to like the naming thing, honestly. Like, um, not. I think it was actually um, y'all zoo. Columbus had a baby rhino a couple months ago, and they were like, "Hey, if you give us not a lot of money, it was like ten dollars, and you can suggest a name for the rhino." And then they pull on say, they say, "Please do not suggest Rhino McRhino face. We will not name the rhino Rhino McRhino face." So I wouldn't either, though. Wise. I yeah. wouldn't either. I would. <laughs> I hate that. But I mean, I get. Like people now are like, oh, when you name something, you call it something McSomething's face. It's like, you know, <laughs> I guess not everybody's a comedian, right? Yeah, we. I don't know. Like it's it's very like juvenile humor, like the Fortnite levels, I'd say. But um, my attitude is this though, which is if it gets people excited about conservation, if you show up at the zoo to see a gorilla named Gorilla McGorilla face, and then you're like. Oh wow! I love gorillas. What can I do in my day to day life to save them? You know, sure. yeah, makes sense. <laughs> my work here's done. <laughs> That's know? true. That's true. I mean, I, I'm being a, uh, I'm being a bummer, really, because I, I'm complaining <laughs> about it. You know, but uh, uh, I do think like people that are ta- like if they're trying to con- do conservation and they can't get money for it. And people will just throw a shit ton of money at one giraffe at a zoo. <laughs> then hey, it's yeah. like we got giraffes. I paid to feed them. You paid to feed the giraffes. Yeah, it was the shit. That's a fucking move. It was though. the coolest thing ever. They're like right there. You can put it in a headlock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's um. I'm doing that tomorrow actually. Uh, before I go to bed, yeah, I'm doing giraffing tomorrow. So we've been trying to get that off the ground again during a pandemic, which is um <laughs> exciting to say the least. You let people feed them there too? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty common thing, I think, at a lot yeah. of zoos. It's like pretty cheap. It's like three bucks. Um, you can't touch ours. They'll like freak out and run away and we'll yell at you. But let's like, um, <laughs> it's like $3 and you can give them some lettuce. And if they choose to show, which um, they have not been this week, and it's like, you know, 16 foot tall animal, you can't make it do anything. Um, yeah, you can come and feed it. Yeah, <laughs> that's lucky. cool. Yeah, we we were zoo members last for the last two years. So, because we have a water park connected to our zoo, which is like the best mm-hmm. way to get people into the fucking zoo. Uh, it's like all one big entertainment thing. So, I do love that, but uh, I'm definitely not going this year. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a mix. It's one of those things. Um, our VP of like guest services is like. I don't know. He like grew up in kind of like the Disney cult world. You know what I mean? So right. everything he says is about like how to appeal to customer magic. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, see a member say thank you. You know, <laughs> so I instinctively want to be like, thank you. <laughs> oh. um, nah, I mean, we've honestly had some people renew their memberships. I do think to an extent it is a little bit out of pity. Um, yeah. If you have kids, though, like the membership's such a good deal. I think most dudes are only like around like 100, maybe a little bit more. And so if you have like a family and you go to the zoo like four times, you've basically gotten your money's worth, you know? Yeah. And they go nuts for it. And I, They go nuts for it. Um, it's I go nuts for little. it. It's just such a good way to get out of the house. Um, like I see people all the time and they come in like once a week, you know, like I'm like, oh, I know these people now because they come in so frequently. Um, and I don't know, like, I feel like, um, a lot of us, especially I think like our generation older have these very like negative memories of zoos and just like, you know, like, you know, like a lion, he's like in lion jail, you know? Yeah. Um, these have definitely like come a long way and it's kind of cool to like, kind of talk about that to grown ups. I think they all assume like you, you, like me personally, I'm like rolling up, you know, it'll like, you know, somewhere in Kenya with like, um, 
like a, a butterfly net and like stealing baby tigers, you yeah, know, and putting yeah. them in cages. Um, and obviously now these have kind of changed and not to say like they aren't driven by some level of capitalism. I think everything is nowadays, but I do think there's a really high emphasis on what we would say is conservation education that you wouldn't have seen like, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, hit me up if you got any other questions about your lizard needs and lizard wants. All right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I will. I will. But I, I again, I'm very scared to get a lizard. Hyenas and gin on on Twitter and Instagram. Um. Yes, actually, yes, and then also I'm the official anime correspondent for a struggle session as well. So That's um, right. you can find me on there too. <laughs> yeah, I'll hit you up for for some gunplay advice in the DMs. Gundam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gun plug. Gundam, yeah, the gun, so the, the gun has the gun you has told, advice. <laughs> you told me I needed the the glue, so I got the glue, and then also happened to run into the Smokey and the Bandit car model kit. Okay, is, now we're back in. You know, a top <laughs> now favorite we're back movie in. of mine, and it was only fifteen get, bucks, so I the, bought that too. <laughs> get the first one done. I got two of them now. I'll right, have two. You gotta um, get one done. I know. I'm not gonna get any more, but okay. I, the Smokey and the Bandit car is another one that's very important to me. Okay. I have a Diablo. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to quote Smokey and the Bandit. No, I've seen cool. it 7,000 times. Now. No, it's cool. It's really cool. Fuck you. <laughs> I have never quote. I don't quote movies on this show. And then for some reason, I felt the need to quote Smokey and the Bandit. Just guying off. Just really guying off in the room. I also got some snips and a little, uh, you know. Snips. Yeah. It looks like oh, oh, oh. a model kit needs snips. Oh, t- little, like yeah, tin little snips? Snippy boys. Sure. I'm going to be a model guy now. I just <laughs> right. know it. Oh, for yeah, for clipping off the, the stuff off the tree? Mm-hmm. Getting a clean edge? Yeah. Got it. I'm going to be a model guy. You know, somebody's going to find me this Pontiac Grand Dam. Oh, for sure. 1997 Grand Dam model. The dealerships model. had to make it something. Yeah. I mean, they used to make, make every f- car, didn't they? No. No. I don't think so. Oh. They should have. There was no contract to make every car. Yeah. I think they did it to make money, the most I mean, popular cars. They made them for Chilton. They made I want, Chiltons for every I want car. A, like the uh the Astro Van. I want the old like wood panel Astro Van. Oh, that do was, they do that's van a good memory. Mo- I'm not gonna buy it. I went any to more so models. many skating parties, so many pools. I would love to paint that thing and put it on the mantle above the fireplace. Yeah. Chevy Astro Van, whatever it was. Let's get another call in. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Yo, what's going on, guys? Not a lot. Who's this? This this is uh, Dana from Northeast Ohio. How's and it, uh, I go by they, them pronouns. How's it going, Dana? It's going all right. I'm just kind of relaxing. This is uh, the first time I've actually been able to call in. A buddy of mine told me that you guys were doing that ABCD show, so I knew I had to get on that. Hell yeah, yeah, it's good. I, I I love doing these shows. So so, what's going on tonight? So uh, I got a couple. Well, basically, just one small business tyrant story for y'all. Okay. And as an aside, I know you guys were talking about the emergency shit in the beginning and how Uh-oh. it might be a hoax, but might not. I'm in trouble. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard the. Uh, Kratom actually is an immunostimulant. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I, since I've been taking Kratom like this past year, I haven't gotten sick at all. Perfect. But I don't get sick because I'm 
like I said, it is very strong. You might just be super strong, Dana. That's the thing. Some of us are very powerful people. Yeah. Some of us are just powerful. (laughs) You know, you punch the sick away, you know? (laughs) Sure. Uh, So you said you have a small, small business tyrant story. Right. So there's this, uh, local pizzeria I used to work for. And, uh, there's a guy that ran it. I'm just going to call him C for brevity. Okay. He ended up selling it within 24 hours, like without notifying anybody. Wow. So like these new uh, franchise owners. So it used to be a pretty chill job and it was fine. But the new franchise owners, um, I mean, they were just the epitome of small business tyrant. And what first hit me off is... Uh, I would always clock out like I would write down that I clocked out 10 minutes later. And I would also take like two smoke breaks per shift. <laughs> sure, that's they one really started does. Yeah. They really started uh, getting on to me about that. But what, uh, what really broke it for me was at the end of one night, they, uh, there's like a $3 delivery fee, right? And I was a delivery driver. And so no matter what you get the fee and then you get the tip on top of that, obviously. Uh So it was at the end of the night and I was cashing out and I was getting ready to go home. And they told me that I owed them $2. And I said, there's no fucking way I owe you guys $2. You know, like if you look at the tickets, if you look at the tickets, like I got the, I got all the shit straight. And even just the delivery fee would make it so I didn't owe you guys any money. And I ended up fighting with them for like 45 minutes and this and that. And eventually, basically, they just told me to go fuck myself. And so I, uh, I quit. But the next day, my buddy that uh, would work there, his name was Rye. He, uh, he was already planning on getting fired. He was planning on getting out of there as quick as possible because things were just going so downhill and there wasn't any work to do. And so he was just kind of on his phone for like five minutes, you know, and uh, (laughs) the new franchise owner came up and he told him that if he doesn't get off his phone, he really doesn't think that he's worth being paid $8 an hour. Oh God. Everybody's worth $8 an hour. I would say, yeah. I mean, if that's you, a, here's the thing. That's, that's why they call it the man of moments. It's yeah, really here, not. Here's the thing about. You shouldn't get anything. That should be to get them to show up. Like, that's, that's what I was about to say. Then, right, yeah. Sorry. Right. Go ahead. If you walked into the fucking kitchen or whatever the job is and laid down on the floor on your back, like a snow angel, <laughs> completely spread out, that's worth $8 right, an hour. Yeah. And you just laid there and you told somebody. I really wish uh, I could stand up so that I could stir this, you know? <laughs> yeah, $8 is what you pay to fill the position. To get yes. someone to put on a uniform and stand there in front of the job. That's not what you pay to get the job done. Yeah, or get it done right. well. I don't, I don't, I think that like even $15 an hour isn't enough to get the job done well. $25 oh, an hour crazy. is an amount of money for somebody to go to McDonald's. And get the job done right. You know, you want to get this job right, done right. 100%. You you want all the orders that come out of this drive-through window to be right. 
$25 an hour. And I can fucking guarantee you everything that comes out of there is right. <laughs> because people are just like, right. I, I even knew it when... Cause when I were, I started out at the cable company at nine fifty, and, and like once I got up to 1680 an hour, which was my final pay oh, was seven years. I don't know. Somebody work it out if I got ripped off or whatever. But once I got to that almost $17 an hour, I, I was like desperately clinging to that job because I said, nobody's right, going to pay me. The incentive is there now. Yeah. Nobody's going to pay me shit. Like in the early parts, I was like, I don't care, you know, but that, yeah. that $8 an hour. So what did he do after that? that? That was basically the crux of the whole uh, thing, but he told him that, Oh, you know, whenever I got the franchise, I was going to take all you drivers down to, uh, 725 if not full tips wage which would have been 450 and uh Fuck. yeah my friend rye i had already gotten out of there so he basically just told him to go fuck himself and he stormed out at that point we never looked back yeah it's, and that's what they do is they just come in they say this is what we want get you to leave and then they hire somebody at that shitty of a fucking deal exactly and, and because nobody remembers when they used to get fucking eight dollars an hour for it True. Yeah, exactly. they were they were pushing y'all out. That sucks. God, I hate small right. business tyrants. But, They're the uh, worst. That was pretty much all I got. I had to say. I know you guys got a lot of calls, so I get yeah. out of your hair. But thanks uh, for calling. Yeah, we appreciate. Yeah, it. for sure. I hope you guys have a good night. You, you too. too. You too. Thanks. Peace. Let's roll the next call. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Yeah, that is that is a very very predictable scenario it's like hey we're the new people in town uh we expect you to take less and you're like i don't want to take less i'm standing up and they're like you're hitting the door i mean if, <laughs> if you're like you know they always say in radio i'm like in big radio mind sure. right now because that's what i'm guy. doing you know and they always say when a new general manager came to the station they got their people in there they like right. fired people and got that's like a real thing though that's like a person's artistic vision and all this stuff. If it's like a fast food or fast casual restaurant, you don't need to remake the fucking place in your image. Sure. You know, it's, it's keep the, the people that are working there aren't, you know, they're not making enough to live. Right. So don't knock them the fuck down, you know? Yeah. All right. Thanks for calling street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, how's it going fellas? Good. How about yourself? Hello. Hey. Hey, uh, this is Sarah. I'm calling from Kansas and I am calling for some good vibes because I'm about to take the bar exam tomorrow. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Lucky you. Is it, uh, how, yeah, how long have you been prepping? You get, yeah, you get, I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm throwing good vibes right at the camera right now, even if you're not seeing it. This is how I throw good vibes. It's like a fastball. Of good vibes. <laughs> Much appreciated. Yeah, I just saw it. I'm on a little bit of a lag, but I appreciate it. I catch it. So <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, I, now that I have this platform, I want to express what is total bullshit about the bar exam, which is that basically 
everything on it, you can just Google and know it. So, like, how does it prove that you're a good lawyer? If you have Google, you're pretty much as good as a lawyer that has passed the bar exam, except you're not because they make all of the legal decisions behind paywalls and, uh, like, restrict the access to only elite institutions and law schools. So it's just, like, this bullshit gatekeeping that, uh, has like no practical, you know, yeah. reason for it. Yeah. I, uh, I saw a friend of mine go through it and, uh, it was like so chaotic for his life to go through law school. Uh, but it really comes down to like this Illuminati ceremony of being in the club is all it is, is like, you're willing to put yourself through hell to do it and play by their rules and do all these pointless tasks. It's supposed That's to, right. It's supposed and to be that you, you like, organization. think like a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I get. Yeah, I don't know. I guess expose you to all the the myriad of ways you can think. I don't know <laughs> what can happen. Yeah, um, I don't know. There's a lot that can happen in law schools, and I've seen like the variety of it from people that are just sort of neoliberals to actual literal Nazis. Like I went to a highly esteemed law school and someone got kicked out my first year for posting anti-Semitic propaganda around the law school and he was literally just caught for it. But uh, a bunch of people had reported him for saying a bunch of really fucked up racist and anti-Semitic and sexist shit in class or just like openly to people chatting about the race war. And nobody did anything until like donors of the university got involved. So, and and now that motherfucker just like went to another like good law school. So, you know, there's predators out there. And if there's anyone listening to this that feels like they could be a lawyer, you should try to be a lawyer. Uh, we need people that are progressive and want to like fight the good fight against the lizards because there are so many of them. Yeah, I mean, it radicalizes people for sure. We have so many lawyers that listen to this show, and everyone, everyone, everybody when they're done is just like, well, I learned the entirety of the law. It's all bullshit. Yeah. Sarah, do you have a National <laughs> Lawyers Guild at your law school? Hell yeah. I, that's where I found all of my best friends in law school. The NLG is legit, and uh, they do, like, legal observer training, so they go out to protest and basically uh, watch for people's constitutional rights being infringed upon. And that helps if you're in like an appeal of your conviction or your arrest or something like that. So that's been a really great opportunity for me. But uh, con like contrast that to the Federalist Society, which is the group that has all of the power in law schools. And this is where like Amy Coney Barrett and all of the hacks who like Trump may or may not appoint um, that's how they've come up in the law school system is through the Federalist Society. And they prime these like really fascist people to take power and get them like clerkships and stuff like that. Um, so that's like a really blatant way that law schools are being like feeders into this system is through the Federalist Society that literally had a 30 year plan to take over the courts that fucking worked. Yep. <laughs> Jeezy, I mean I, I'm I'm not a lawyer, but I'm a paralegal. I work at I've worked with lawyers my whole career and it yeah. So we're saying a lot of that. She's so good. She's not a lawyer, she's a pair of legals. Oh two people. Wow. 
She's two lawyers. The, no, I'm like it's like paranormal, paralegal. I'm like a spooky lawyer. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, okay. I thought you were two lawyers. Like the ghost of a lawyer. The, the strength of two lawyers and one <laughs> paralegal. Yeah, I thought you would look into like when money just disappears or something. They're like, pa- yep, paralegal, mm-hmm. ghost money, ghost money. Yes, ghost money. We are the worst two people in the world. Who cares when it comes to law stuff? Yeah. Well, good vibes. Good luck with the uh, good, luck. Uh, good luck yeah, with the need, bar. Pass the bar and then I don't use know. your skills against use, bad yeah. people. Defend the defenseless. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. There's one more thing I wanted to ask you guys about, which okay. is so the remote bar exam has sort of put different uh, strains on different people. So obviously it's disadvantaged people that are already at a disadvantage, like people without good internet connection or like single parents or whatever. But I have a really stupid, uh, like (laughs) reason I'm annoyed with it that I think street fighters would appreciate, which is that I don't know if I can vape during the bar tomorrow. Can Mm -hmm. I vape during the bar exam? What do you think? I don't want to get you canceled. I don't want to tell you to do it, but like, uh, do you mean jewel? Yeah, like a jewel. Like oh. they have people monitoring your eyes and making sure you're not looking at things you're not supposed to look at. Um, mm, mon- but that's weird. I, yeah, I don't think I can vape. So yeah, I, I that's mean, a real I, frustration that I have. Would you be able to do it in the real one? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think so. They wouldn't. Like I kind of vape in. with abandon sometimes. Yeah, I think I here's Murder Brian says. You should vape your head off. But uh, but Brian Quinby says I would play it safe and not do it. I, I do have one anecdote I can think <laughs> of. Um, this Little Wayne got out of this. Uh, he was one of the celebrity people in the audience on video. And what he did, did is he ducked down to the side. And then when he came back up, he was breathing out smoke. <laughs> <laughs> but your eyes would go off the screen. All right. Your eyes would go off the camera, so that might not work. Um, I would say in this, in times like this, you're going to have to go high school, slide it on the inside of a long sleeve shirt, and just lean on your hand type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and, and cover it up like one of those. Uh, that's what I would get. That's what I would do. All right. That's great advice. Thank you so much. I'm feeling the vibes. Uh, I got what I called for. So thank you very much. I hope you boys have a great night. And thank you, too. Good luck. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Good luck. She's going to do fine. As long as she has. She's vaped up. She's going to be having good vibes and just pass that thing immediately. I am sickened to death. Because uh, I've I've slowly been seeing what they did on SNL last night. Oof. Yes. Oof. It's like someone throwing salt in a wound. It, it just stings. It's the worst feeling in the world to be like, I'm definitely funnier than this. Like, I'm a hundred <laughs> million times funnier than this show. I don't ever say I'm funny. But I'm better than that show. Right. Forever. I've got to admit something really embarrassing. This is probably the most embarrassing thing. Oh, thanks for sharing. Street Fight exclusive. Uh, up until last year, probably for the past 15 years, I had watched every single episode of Saturday Night Live. I mean, that's <laughs> fine. There it's are good not, ones. It is. So there were good ones. And plus, it's not embarrassing to admit. I, I mean, I've watched some fucking horrible stuff. But like, uh, you know, I've probably seen... 90% of the diners drive-ins and dives. <laughs> no, so, I, 
that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Unambiguously great, but like- I also had a 15 year run with Saturday Night Live from probably 95 to 2010. Um, but what I would say is that it is extremely informative because there are so many people that watch it yeah. and that like it is something that has a touchstone. If you work in an office, then on Monday, you can say something about that to certain people and know they're going to get a giggle out of it. But, Whatever. like, I used to think it was funny, but now, like, it's so nefarious. Because they, like, I think they played a part in, like, making George W. Bush, like, a cute character. They did the same like, thing with uh, uh, Trump. And, yeah. and like, that's what always, that's a weird thing about Parks and Rec to me. Is that I find it very hard to watch that fucking show. Because they had Newt Gingrich on it, you know? Yeah. Let's take that next call. One more, and then we're... One more, then break. Then break. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, uh, this is Hannah from Columbus. How's it going? What's up, hey, Hannah? How, how are you? Hannah? Oh, pretty good. Columbus, we just got done Hannah. putting up some Halloween decorations, and we're just chilling on the porch. What kind cool. of decorations you put yeah. up? Uh, well, we created some spider webs using some uh, yarn samples. Fun. That's Smart great move. You know, I have a neighbor that made a, uh, I got to take a picture of it. It is an actual scary thing. Okay. It's like a nine or 10 foot clown uh, ghost monster, like zombie. He's <laughs> like, he's like, like, like creeping up on and as it walks up, it's their only decoration. And then their dingus neighbor went and got one of those stupid inflatables of a cute Frankenstein. And I was like, you can't. Your next. I, here's the thing. You share in a you share a townhome with the people next to you. Yes. You got to get on the same page. I know. It wasn't. It wasn't a lot. Like they haven't done a lot. But what they did is a lot. You know, they set the a, mood. It's a cool sculpture, basically. Yeah. And I love it. I think it's neat. I walk by it every day. But then I hate inflate. You know how I feel about inflatables. <laughs> it's every I know Brett is an inflatables guy. <laughs> I can't stand him. But also I sat at Brett's house on Friday night while they while they cut out a bunch of bats and stuff. So the inflatables aren't gonna be the only thing you have. I don't like people that just do inflatables. That is not enough mm-hmm. for the B man. Okay, you know, what's your uh, what's your pride and joy of of decoration? What, what's your best one? Uh, well, if I'm completely honest, we also added a sign in our front window that says "Fuck Trump." Okay, that's scary that's though for some scares, people, depending scares, on where you live. Yeah, that scares proud boys. That scares uh, scares uh, racists. Katie went to her sister's house yesterday and she's like, they pulled up and her sister had three Trump signs in her yard. It was like every corner of the front so that no matter where you're coming from, you're going to see that she likes Trump. She's on the Trump train. So don't you wish the world wasn't so shitty that like your Halloween decoration could be a Trump sign and just be like, Ooh, it's spooky. What if this guy was president? You know what I mean? No, that's a good point because, like, what is scary now? I mean, like, it used to be, like, ghosts or something, but 
honestly, I would I would prefer ghosts at this point. Yeah, and and you know I hate I'll ghosts. Take a ghost. Yeah, I hate ghosts with all my ghosts. heart. I hate their guts. I think they're pointless assholes <laughs> that don't do anything. Like just yeah, not smart at all. Thirteen ghosts. You got to watch Thirteen Ghosts. I'm not gonna watch it. Because what are they smarting up the ghosts? Powerful ghosts. Okay. You know what I don't it's like a, about you ghosts? Could be a ghost. It could a ghost future for you. I think. You know what I hate about ghosts? Can I explain what I hate about ghosts? And and this is why me and Brett are going to go ghost hunting this month. We're not going to let this fall by the wayside this year. We are going to ghost hunt this month. And uh, what annoys me about them is you read the lore of the ghosts, right? And they're like, this ghost used to run the lock. Uh, the you know the canals the locks in the canal and he fell into the canal and the lock pulverized his body and killed him and now he stands on the lock and he does his job all night <laughs> and that's what he does and it's like you can fucking walk through walls you can fly you can do all kinds of things but you're just like i'm just gonna work i'm just gonna go and make noises that's it's like what a dumb can you imagine like maybe that's you just hell. have your labor exploited even after you're dead how I know. it's hell that's called hell i know because you rejected the lord jesus christ yeah well no hell is not being a ghost dude ghosts are angels no, no, ghosts I think so. Angels. I think they're angels. I don't. I think ghosts are here on Earth. Angels right. are on the clouds. Ghosts are here on Earth. No, angels can come down. Sure, been reading the Bible. They can, yeah, they can interact. But ghosts are here. <laughs> ghosts are bound to the Earth. Ghosts are the suckers that got stuck yeah. here that like didn't get to ascend to heaven. How did? Okay, well, maybe we'll explore this later like, through the month. Um, I feel like maybe the ghost should be on our side then, because I feel like we're all stuck here. That was one of the nice things about Beetlejuice is that you do start to understand the ghost point of view where they just, they also have an idea of, you know, what they want their existence to be. And, and we don't take that into account. You know, there's lots of haunted places that like people tell us to get away from it. And then we send folks in to exterminate it instead of understand it. So that's what I think though. I, I want to just go. If I, if I saw a ghost working like that, I would just be cracking on them like crazy. Just be like, what are you doing? You don't got to do this anymore. Nobody even uses the canal. You can free ghosts. Then that's what you can do. You can set them free by cracking on them. Yes. You got to go radicalize the ghosts, Brian. No, I want to. Yeah. You got to organize them, the ghost. ghost union. No, I want to make them feel bad. That's I want to make the ghosts feel like things I can be mean to they're and moaning. not feel guilty about They're moaning it. already. They're moaning Ooh, in I know. pain. It's ridiculous. Their bones all hurt. Oh. They're clacking. It's just We're going to find bone. a ghost. There's no tendon. It's just bone rubbing on bone. So painful. So are you a Halloween Honestly, person? I the ghost. It just sounds like. This is like what this is like normal everyday people. Yeah, that's it's all tough. they are. We have complaints. We have to work hard. Our bones hurt. Like we're just we're all just ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a way. Oh, what if we temporarily are temporarily exist? What if we are just? I just <laughs> ate two weed gummies, and now I'm like, what if we are just ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> what if everybody's a ghost, man? We are. I mean, I think technically. Yeah. We only exist in the stories that people tell about us. Are you a big Halloween person, Hannah? Um, not really. 
<laughs> I like some aspects of it. I don't like I don't like the like you were describing like the inflatables and like the commercialized stuff of it. I like I like traditional Halloween stuff. I like bats and pumpkins and spiders and stuff like that. Yeah. I think I'm goth in that way too, especially this year where I've been listening to typo negative all the time. I think I'm gonna really try to enjoy Halloween this year. I have a skull collection, okay? <laughs> I have a skull collection. I'm not like I'm not I'm into creepy, but Aldi has inflatables for nine ninety nine sometimes. So it's I understand. Like hey hard dude. To Brett resist. has a great spooky ghost inflatable. It's very yeah, fast. I also have a, a very <laughs> low budget eighties style. It's a mask with just like black plastic fabric over it you know it just hangs up there i'm gonna buy you some i'm next year not this year because there's not enough time for it i'm brett is a horror movie fanatic and i i'm gonna buy you something let me tell you november 1st is the only time to buy halloween decorations my wife is like we gotta go buy them this weekend i'm like we will never ever buy them because they will be 70 percent off guaranteed you just and it's great when you wait for an entire year and you go pull out the tub and you're like Oh shit! I forgot we bought that. You know, I, had, I, I have a black flocked skull that I forgot about. Shit looks just like two dimensional. I'm buying you a special effects thing. I'm okay. gonna go heavy and get you like a real like Jason's head or something like okay. that. You know, I'm gonna do that next year for you. I, I'm trying to eat Charlotte into it yet. Still, you can't watch Jason with Charlotte. She's too young. Mm, I don't know. She hasn't been shook yet. Jason will shake her. I feel like sure. I was seven when I first. I think I that. did yeah. too. I think I was about that age as well. Yeah. I mean, way. Yeah, definitely. I was. Fuck. I would have had to have been five or six when I saw Nightmare on Elm Street. The first yeah, that time. maybe I was seven. It. I just realized my. Oh, I'm not going to tell this story now. I can. I'll probably tell it during the break. Actually. Okay. <laughs> well, Hannah, uh, is there anything else that you had? Did we cut you off? Uh, well, if you'll permit me, um, I, I also do embroidery. Ooh. And I will be at Land Grant on Sunday, October 11th, selling embroidery. Ooh. Okay. Oh, what, kind of, what kind of things do you embroider? Um, all kinds of stuff, actually. I make things called scrapimals, which are cheap embroidery but i use the scraps that are left over from other embroidery to make this like weird woolly sheep texture they're super cool okay and then also i mix in there some sort of subversive like lefty embroidery um what is it is, rich and that kind of stuff is Ooh. it like an outdoor market thing yeah they're they at land grant it sounds like they're having just one vendor a day like from oh. thursday through sunday just outside of the brewery okay oh that's great i'll, I'll try All to right. make it over there i'll put it on my calendar say it, land grant october 11th you said i'm writing it down yeah what time yeah i call myself wild wild ohio embroidery do you wild ohio it's not a very good name but that's what i've got so i'm sticking with it hey yeah, you, you know. know what i'm we're wild we're from ohio it sounds like a perfect match Oh, this haunted Ohio it's be pretty is fun. Worse. Yeah. Uh, are you there all day? Uh, we'll be there from 3 p.m. until 8 p.m. 3 cool. p.m. to cool. 8 p.m. Can do. What day of the week is this? Sunday. October 11th. Sunday. Next Sunday. Right. October 11th. And actually, all the proceeds are going to go to the National Bail Fund. 
Oh hell yeah! Oh, that's great. This is all good news. Oh, I love this. I love the circular artwork here. One, the monster hoop. That would look really cool on a wall. All right, I love this stuff. Perfect. Oh shit! Are you looking at my? Yeah, yeah. yeah just check <laughs> it out. Cool. Yeah. Three p.m. to eight p.m. on October eleventh. I'll, 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 we'll stop by. All right. Well, thanks for calling it won't in, be Hannah. Anything Halloween related, but it'll be pretty cool. Hey, it's okay. We yeah. don't, you know, well, just have like a spooky joke ready or something, maybe. Yeah. Just spook bread out a little bit. <laughs> I'll dress up like a ghost or something. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Have yeah. Have one. a good night. Yeah. Thank you. All right. That was wonderful because Columbus Caller uh, this week for music, we're going to play a Columbus band, one that uh, I love. They're a good follow on Instagram and they make a lot of wonderful, interesting music. And uh, I have not seen them live, even though I want to desperately. Uh, I definitely am regretting not doing that now that we live in this COVID environment. Uh, but this is Dana, and you can find them at danabandohio.bandcamp.com. This is their new album, Glowing Auras and Black Money. We are Street Fight Radio. We'll see you in like 10 minutes. Peace.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. It's the call-in show. That band you just heard was Dana. They're from Columbus, Ohio, one of the greats here in local music. You can find them at danabandohio.bandcamp.com. We are doing the call-in show tonight. It's the ABCD call-in show, anyone but cis dudes. So if you're on the call-in queue right now, jump the fuck out or we'll flush you down the toilet. Uh, we also have in the studio today guest Kristen, the number one uh, member of DSA Columbus. <laughs> and a pair of legals. And a pair of legals as well. Yes, I'm two lawyers. <laughs> yes, that's what I believe. So, uh, I mean, it's jumping. It's j-j-jumping. Uh, let's see here. Make sure I don't snub this person again. And I didn't. So let's get to this next call. You ready? Mm-hmm. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Theo. How you doing, man? All right. Uh, what's up? Is it me? It's yeah. you. How's it going? Okay. Good. Sorry, hold on. I'm, I've been on hold for so long. I've been on hold for so long. I can even get on. Anyways, how's everybody doing? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm okay, you know, ups and downs, ups and downs. Good. I actually hit you up on uh, Patreon because I just became a member and I want to talk about pest control jobs. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I just got this job as a, like, Wait, a pest control well, technician. Can, can I ask, I'm, I want to ask before you get into this, are you are you anyone but a cis dude? Anyone but a what? Cis dude. A cis dude? What do you mean? Well, this is a call-in show with a theme, and uh, we're going to have to take your call next week. Uh, sorry, but we're going to take the next call. <laughs> that's uncomfortable for me. Sorry. I don't know what to do. I mean, I feel like that's the rules. It is the rule. Dem's the rules. I just said it. Dem's the rules. All right. Next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, hi. Hi, everyone. How's it going? Great. How are you? I'm sorry. I was, uh, I was playing video games while I was on hold, so I was a little unprepared by that. Okay. What's up? <laughs> What's up? Uh, this, is, this is Austin. I'm a non-binary fellow from Columbia, South Carolina. I use they, them pronouns. Okay. Thank you. Call Thank in. you. Thank you. We should just... I hate to make that a requirement for the ABCD show, but we should... Make it, you got to give your pronouns. All right. But then I feel bad about that because if, what if somebody doesn't want to? I don't you know. know. Yeah. It's hard. Just pay the attention. ABCD show Just is pay attention. something. What's up though? What, how you doing tonight? Well, I do want to say for me personally, the pronouns, you know, it's a nice shorthand way of expressing my identity. So it's, it's uh, something I'm cool with leading off with on the back. Yeah, it just is, it feels unfair. Yeah. It feels unfair to make a show like this where we're we're doing something very specific in order to get voices on on the air that wouldn't that maybe wouldn't call on a normal week or or just that you know uh, again I said this last week but the bonus content this month is very dudes rock and uh, uh, it's good to let people on that aren't you know cis dudes if you people know? don't want to say their pronouns they can just say their abcd and then we know that they know that's the deal. true yeah. i like that so what's up this week i mean nothing much but it's, it's been a little uneventful um 
I've been getting back into skateboarding recently. Okay. Which is, uh, which, you know, maybe not the smartest thing to do with uh, our healthcare system, but you know what? Why not have some fun? No, yeah. Yeah, I mean... You can't worry about that. That's the kind of stuff you can't really worry about. You just got to be like, and and I've actually heard my daughter told me that uh, a lot of people have gotten into skateboarding during quarantine. That's been like in her school, a bunch of people. She wants to, but I, I have a feeling she wouldn't do it. So I just am like, you know, I'm not going to waste the money on the skateboard. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, that's big. I mean, definitely like wheeled outdoor sports are really big because like it's really hard to find a pair of roller skates on Amazon, so I've heard. And that's just something that's really gotten a second wave. And I think skateboarding's been boost, especially because the new Tony Hawk game just come out. In fact, that was the game I was playing while I was on hold. Oh, how's that game? It's a lot of fun. I really like I love the game. I love the uh classic games as a kid and i thought it really did it justice yeah i should look into that i should get that on the switch that sounds like something i need to own i don't think it's on switch yet oh boo well it will be yeah i loved tony hawk back then the the game uh was a big fan watching john play it is like makes me want to get it but i'm like i don't th- i don't have the time to do this but god i want to just do one su- like million point grind real quick you who do know? you watch play john cullen you he hug- plays yeah he's he's a he's set the world record a couple times he's, he's really good at he's it. he's like a top 10 player in in those like speed run things look at john i it, didn't know dude the funniest thing in the world is the first time his, the video i'm gonna dig it up and repost it but the video when he got no, top he got sixth in the world on some run and somebody was asleep at his house and he couldn't be loud but he was like oh my god holy shit i can't believe i did it yes yes <laughs> let's go like yeah. he, he couldn't scream he wanted to yell but he was very polite about it and this is the funniest video he said that there's a lot of times where where becca is asleep <laughs> she was and during he's sitting in the living room <laughs> listening to new metal and playing video games and he like can't get excited or anything so he has mentioned that i didn't know he streamed though yeah i think I, that's what kicked it off he, but he's been following it up with like more legendary runs like he snags all the tapes and everything it's he's good get it john get it we love you my hero this month actually uh the pod cast bonus show is uh the two guests are uh Stefan Heck and Brett Payne. Mm. So <laughs> mine wow. and John's co-host. That's a full crossover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a hundred percent full crossover, but it's not a crossover, if that makes sense. Right. Because it is a crossover, but it's not a crossover because you know what I'm saying. It's sure. a weird. Is that a crossover? What is that? Um, yeah, well, yeah. I think it's a reorg. I do not want to fuss over semantics that much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it, it, it is a mix up. I'm going to call it a mix up. Yeah. A mix and match. A mashup. Yeah. So, uh, did you have anything else? Uh, yeah. So, I've actually uh, started. I took a bit of a break this month and I chose a hell of a time to take a break from it, but I've been starting writing my own sort of like a, eh, 
anarcho lefty sort of newsletter just just so I can kind of have an outlet. Cool. Oh, cool. That's cool. So, yeah. So I don't know. I've been really enjoying that. And yeah, I think, I, uh, you know, the, sorry, but there's a lot of times things like artistic endeavors for regular people like writing or drawing or painting or seem like, why would you do that unless you make money off it? But it is like a rewarding thing to do regardless if it's something you enjoy, you know, to write, you know. Right. And, you know, the ultimate end game is like, I make a little bit off it. Like I started, I started a Patreon just cause, which is mostly just like, you know, a handful of my friends give me $5 a month. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you start. Yeah, hey, you that's know, how started. that's a start. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. And I'll, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just doing what I can to make, make something out of it. Just building a small little community and, I don't know. I mean, I took a couple weeks off because there was just so much happening, but hopefully I'll be getting it back up and rolling this week. So I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah, y'all were kind of an inspiration for it, I'd say. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We need more anarcho yeah. stuff out there. You know, I think we hear a lot <laughs> of the, the, I think it's always helpful when you hear like the anarchist perspective that's not totally tied to. I don't know. Like for me, it's like uh, uh, you're either doing Proudhon quotes or like saying property is theft. But you know, those voices don't get out very much. And and like me yeah, and Brett, and it's largely like. Sorry, me and Brett don't really. Uh, me and Brett don't really. What's the word? We we don't. We're the only people a lot of times that are saying that and we don't do a great well no okay we don't do a great job of being anarchist on this show is go. what that's i was trying answer, to say yeah. that's what i <laughs> i was saying we're the only people that do it and we don't do a very good job of being anarchist right. that was where i was going okay i was trust me it was always headed in a low self-esteem <laughs> okay. direction sure. it, it, there's never going to be a I time mean, yeah <laughs> my big uh my big Yes, overarching things. I write about stuff in public interest. Like, you know, growing up in the South all my life, I do kind of like give more of a lean on Southern stories. Like, one of the last like full articles I did was I talked about like HGTV, specifically Chip and Joanna Gaines and like this stupid gentrifying bullshit that they pull. Yeah. Oh, the, the gun people? Yeah. The, 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 the gun couple? Is that Chip and Joanna Gaines, uh, no, or am I, I wrong? Think, <laughs> no, yeah, that's a different version of them. It's like a bizarro version. Yeah, I mean, that's what, pretty much. Um, Chip and Joanna Gaines are from that TV show with, like, that, that like... It's a home run. Their home... The, they put Shiplap on everything. Yep. If you ever... That's where Shiplap came from. They have a target... They, they have a target like, center. It's like a beautiful woman with, like, this disgusting man. Uh, <laughs> it's like a Jim Belushi-type sitcom situation. Okay. Uh, the way that I the way that I described their relationship with Chip and Joanna Gaines is both of them individually fulfill an archetype in like southern social circles. Okay. Uh, Joe is Joe is a white passing woman of color. Okay. Right. I feel like that that's something that's something that's like you know your classic upper middle class walk like having their social circles and her husband perfectly fills the archetype of the uh of the gay passing straight man <laughs> okay <laughs> also he's he's a foot he's like a, a football he's an athlete guy he just seems he's like a football play guys that played football in high school or something 
Yeah, they they both like went and met at Baylor, which is one of those big, big uh, Christian private schools in Texas. Yeah, oh. and they go to one of those anti-gay churches, and and uh, yeah, no. pretty much they set up Edison light yeah, bulbs like, and like a whole. They are the gentrifiers, <laughs> like Bible. It's a whole industry, and like, and it goes so much deeper. And like, citations need to just happen to do a podcast about other HGBT. HGTV shows at the exact same time I was writing this, so <laughs> they go really deep into that too. But I'd say the games are like really big into pretty much every awful home design trend you can think of. Like you can trace it back to that. Yeah, they've done it. They're doing it big. Okay. Well, uh, but, I will yeah, so, check them out. I'm going to check them out. Just watch their show. I, I'm probably take, seen the show. Going to go ahead and take the right lesson and and watch their show. Maybe toss them a few bucks. I mean, even just in like in airports and stuff, I've probably watched 20 hours of the show. Yeah, because it's on wherever what pub, is, whenever public TV is right. on. Fixer upper. No, right. basically, it's a waiting room show. Oh wow. yeah, absolutely. I like love it or list it. And a lot of times, what I'll do I've is. Seen that. Whenever they say, you know, we got to decide what you're going to do, I go, list it. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Because that's- something about me is I like buying new stuff. So yeah. I would always list it. Right. List it. it. Something new. This whole house is uh, boring. Not, it doesn't make me feel good anymore. I want something else. <laughs> Remember how good I felt when I moved into this house? Boring. <laughs> list it. I want that again. I want to move into a new house again. I need the new feeling again. Well, uh, I guess in that case, I should I should bow out to the next caller because I don't want to take too much air time in the well, queue. But no uh, mind if I mind if I plug my stuff real quick? No, Fuck yeah, go do. for it. All right, so I'm on Twitter at uh, Zoloft Deschanel, which is like Zoe Deschanel, but it's the antidepressant. Right, mm. great name. I think I'm on that now. <laughs> I am on Zoloft. Give me that Z O L O F T. That's a hey, ween song. Anyway, so the <laughs> um the newsletter the newsletter which uh hopefully it should be getting back up soon. I do like two articles a month and then every weekend I send out a set of links. Wow. The newsletter is called Hayseed newsletter is called Hayseed Heresy. It's at uh Papa John's Pizzeria dot substack dot com. Okay. <laughs> hey. That's a good you got a good name. I am yeah, I I dare them take it from me. <laughs> but yeah, but and yeah. you're also going to peel yeah, off a lot of people. That, my... A lot of people are looking for a pizza, and then they're like, "Well, I'll I'll take this instead." What's <laughs> <laughs> this? What's this guy talking about? But yeah, so I'll be there'll be more more cool stuff coming from soon, and I'm uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk about it on the show. So yeah. y'all take it easy. Appreciate Thank it. You. Have a good night. Yeah. Boom! 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 Oh, I'm still feeling real work. bad about that guy. I wanted to talk. I mean, I any other week, pest control would be a, a yeah, high great. level subject for me. I mean, he'll be fine. I feel bad. He'll get babied just like every guy does. He'll get babied, and no, I'll send him a message and tell him just to call back next week, and he can go first in line. It's that easy. That's oh. all that happens. Okay, we'll, we'll, well answer his call I first next bad week. At all anymore? He'll okay. be okay. I can send him a sticker. Or like a, <laughs> a, a like a, a magnet. We got magnets now. Yeah, I just eh, you know so people don't yeah. listen every week. I know. And it's like he wasn't being nope. He wasn't being malicious nope. or anything. And then w- he calls and we're being all like, yeah. I was feeling <laughs> bad. what <laughs> really. Uh, 
Yeah, Kristen, I could just feel the, the energy coming off of you. You you right? were there's no too haunted. much. There's nothing haunted in Columbia in Ohio. My house is haunted. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello? Hey, how's it going? Uh pretty good. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good. Um my name is Taylor. Uh pronouns I guess she her mostly. Wow these days. See, this is the way I think it has to happen now. You know? Okay. Because yeah. the the whole Yeah <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> That doesn't work at all. People don't get that hint, which We're I don't learning. even know what that hint is. I think to this tell is, you the truth, this is a great learning process. What is that? What is what is that voice? It's just reluctance. It's just like <laughs> I don't want to assume. I don't want to assume. Well, that's how I feel too. Like I'm not going to be assuming shit on this show. But there's no know. reason to. But there's just something inside of me that was like, I don't think you know it's happening. Yeah. You know? So what's up tonight? Is it Taylor? Taylor, right? Um. Taylor, yeah. Trying to yeah. remember everybody's um, names yeah, I mean, now? Good idea. It's, uh, I felt the same way, like, listening. So, like, you're definitely not alone. Like, when you sort of, you sort of get the vibe, like, is this? But you don't want to assume, like, yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's so weird because you want to, you just want to come right out and ask. But you also like feel like you might hurt the feelings of the person. If, and me and Brad are so conscious about like, I don't want anybody to feel bad listening to this show. Well, I, I mean, this is, I mean, people do recommend doing this. You know, it streamlines things immediately. So I think this is a good representation of like how to, to solve this problem is, you know, from the beginning is just figure it out. Then there doesn't have to be any sort of like, you know, presumptions made. It's but just, you, you can, you can also tell try my. Uh, I mean, your Vincent too, Price thing, whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh. It was like a baby. It's like I was talking to a baby, really. I, yeah, the kid gloves were on. Sorry, I'm a fucking weirdo. Okay, that's okay, not, Taylor. What's up, call. Taylor's show? Not their show. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, I. I guess I've been listening since like 2017 and I've never called in. Um, so it's kind of cool to do that now. Like I saw ABCD was happening. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'll hop on. Thank um, you. But I guess like uh, I kind of called in to talk about like colleges because I'm at college, like technically right now. Um, like an online school sucks. Yeah, uh, that's tough. Gwen's trying to go I mean, back. I mean, if, if if you could, so do you think that if if they were like, "Hey, we can make this safe for you," would you rather go back in the situation that you would have to be in to go back now, which is you know obviously very reduced class sizes, all the windows open, all the sanitation that's not happening, or or are you like this online shit sucks, but this is just what we have to do? Well, I actually like did apply to like I was going to come back to campus on campus in the dorms because like my family has not been like super approving of 
and it's been put, it's been like it sucked like quarantining yeah. with my family like i gotta yeah i, <laughs> I gotta say like that's something that i had heard rumblings of from people from people not like i i had heard that there were a lot of like trans students and a lot of a lot of people that went to school and sort of came out because they felt safe at, at school and then got sent home and had yeah. to go back to and and like that's for an adult which you are that is like the worst sort of thing to be involved in because that that really makes it hard for you to grow and and feel confident even like without without the trans stuff it's also hard just to be confident as i am an adult i am in charge of my destiny i pick what i do yeah when you're with your parents right. yeah and like a lot of people have a lot of trouble doing that oh like i moved out didn't move out i got kicked out when i was 19 <laughs> And like I still had like a lot of trouble after I was kicked out, you know, like realizing like they don't have any power over me. I am I am who I am yeah. and I am going to be that yeah. person. So I I, I empathize in, in that regard because like it's even just hard enough to become it's even hard enough to accept yourself as an adult, but when there when when there's this other thing that's happening and people aren't accepting of that, that's got to be a very difficult situation. Yeah, that's like exactly how I felt. Like it was on top of this thing that like anyone can relate to, like like your parents like wanting to live with your parents, like when you're an adult mm -hmm. and at college. Um and yeah, it was it was just like it was not good, and I was like at the point where I was like, at first I was like, I don't care, I'm gonna go back to school. They're gonna open it up because my school, I go to UMass Amherst, and um, they like told everyone basically they would let anyone that wanted to come back to the dorms. So a bunch of people were gonna come back to the dorms, and like I was aware that like. I was probably going to catch COVID. Like, there's no way to social distance at college. Like, just going to rip through. People are going to party and stuff. Uh -huh. So I just basically said, like, I'd rather get COVID than stay here. And then the school um, basically said that that was, they changed their mind and they weren't going to let people back on campus. Which was weird because, like, that's a good idea. Like, the smart thing to do like uh you're probably saving lives doing that but also at the same time like kind of sucks for me um so i had to figure out what to do and i was like pretty close to like just couch surfing or like maybe even living in my car like just because i needed to get out of my parents house like that badly yeah um but i ended up like getting an apartment um with some PUA money that I got, basically. Um, and uh, so it's going pretty good now. But it's, it's, the other thing is that um, here in Amherst, uh, there's been an outbreak because of uh, students. You know, UMass is like known as a party school, and there's like UMass Slammers. Um, <laughs> so 
that's the other side of it is that like uh i feel like college kids are also like fucking over all the places that they uh coming to party in you know i gotta say and and like this i was on campus i mean i walk on campus every day but i spend all my time outside and uh away from people and i always go instead of walking on the main road i walk on fourth street which is a little less traffic heavy when you're walking but uh i had to stop i i ordered blaze pizza which is open till 2 a.m and uh i just get it all the time now on the way home the other night because i was just so hungry i'd walked all day and ate like the smallest cheeseburger ever made and uh <laughs> katie and gwen were hungry so we were like let's get blaze and we'll just pick it up so we don't have to wait for the grubhub driver the uber eats driver we because we just have the worst luck with them the the worst on the planet luck with them and uh uh i stopped in there and i walked into the place and they weren't following capacity rules at all and those masks were in various places that weren't over their nose and mouth and i just said you are fucking adults all of you every one of you that's here at 11 fucking 30 are adults you have to do the thing and then you brett fucked me up terribly what because then it became a thing where I'm I'm waiting for my pizza and I look and people are talking loudly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, this fucking guy has probably been to seven clubs this week <laughs> and is just in here. Blah, 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 blah. I'm partying. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I'll never go in there again. It okay. was it was like a fucking haunted house, Brett. It was <laughs> I was fucking terrified in there. And that's like, I don't know why. Prop the door open. It's going to be cold. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I'm, and I'm serious. This is for people that are working people. I want to say, do not let your boss get let you get COVID. Like, open the fucking door and well, prop mean, it open. The people that were cooking were also in various stages sure. of, oh, I'm going to pull it down for a few a minutes breather. and shit. Yeah, so... It, it's I, I mean i think like i understand i mean you got an apartment so now you don't have to deal with the parents thing and believe me i just want to tell oh, you yeah. don't deal with your parents you don't i know it might seem important to you now but uh i told my parents basically to go piss up a rope uh years ago and i see them four times a year and they're very happy to see me but uh, they hold no power over me other than the mental illness that they fucking heaped on me as a kid. But like, I, uh, I, 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 I don't let them, you know, sort of take your identity away from you and stuff you, like that. You're, uh, uh, you're brave to have come out. And, and I'm sure that there were uh, signs that your parents might not handle it well from the beginning. And like, it's just it's something you should be very proud of and it's something that uh uh like i'm I, it's a brave thing that you did so thank you yeah yeah well thank you um yeah i mean it's um i'm definitely like right now i'm very very glad that i'm I have an apartment and like 
they actually like ended up deciding to like help me pay for it since I'm studying right now too. Um, so it's like, it's weird that like they, they basically like sounded like they like didn't want to support me at all. Like, like not like, like because I'm trans, but like, just cause like, sure. I don't know. They, they, they just didn't want to like give me any money. Um, I know that feeling. <laughs> no, I'm totally. Yeah. <laughs> no, like once I actually did, they were like, Oh, we did it for your brother. So like, you know, we have to help you out in these ways and whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful like that. I have a roof over my head, even if it's like, like leaks sometimes in here and stuff, but <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, what? Maybe, maybe they, I mean, you know, and sometimes parents fudge things up. Maybe they just didn't want you to make a plan for your life that included like a stipend from them. You know, like that's just, you go out and do it by yourself. And if you get to get there, then, you know, then they, you know, that's why they offer that money. Yeah. My parents were sort yeah. of, of the mind that it was like, uh, uh, well, my parents were of the mind. If you don't get a job by the end of this week, you're kicked out of the house sure. and then told me to fuck <laughs> off. But um, It was, uh, uh, it, it was kind of like I had lived there for a year and I worked sporadically because I didn't have a driver's license or a car. And like, uh, uh, it just became this thing. And like, I harbor a ton of resentment for it. But the thing about that is, is I don't have to hang out with them and I don't have to see them. And like, it may be, it, I mean, I'm not going to like put that on your parents, but your parents seem to maybe have some of the same philosophies that mine did about like, you know, it's, 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 it's more about like, you're an adult and you have to just be an adult now. You know, <laughs> like no matter what they set you yeah. up for on the way out the door, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Cause like they're, um, they're like kind of lonely now and like, they want to like talk to me and they're like, Oh, why don't you come home? Like, uh, why don't you come <laughs> visit us? Like only an hour and a half away. It's like, bro, like, <laughs> <laughs> well if you can get yeah, anyway, if you can I mean, get free food and laundry and shit like that's a, that's something that can be make it worth it my parents did the same thing yeah. too my uh, taylor my parents they still say like oh it sucks we never get to see you and it's like uh should have yeah. fucking thought about that <laughs> should have thought about that when i was nine <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was the best thing in the world yeah. when I got my first apartment because I I went away to college, but I came home the summer after my freshman year and I was like, never again. I don't care what happens. I don't care if I have to live out of my car. I am never living in this house yeah. ever again. Yeah. yeah. And hey, yeah. I lived in some, I lived, I'll tell you what, you're saying the roof leaks sometimes. Let me tell you, when I was like, fucking it was probably 29 i was living above a mexican food restaurant that had reggae night every thursday night where they had a guy sit on the patio just outside my window and play reggae hits <laughs> until 2 a.m from from 9 p.m to 2 a.m and it infuriated awesome. me because it, it you know it infuriated <laughs> me because i am an open-minded music guy I listen to all different sorts of music and uh uh not reggae like that's the one kind of music i've never been able to like get you know and it was just every tuesday and thursday night this guy was like we jam on out on the uh, out on the patio and 
people are just out there screaming until three and i had to be at work at nine in the morning (laughs) and my it was above a mexican restaurant that fried their own chips so the closets in my house were right above the fryers so they smelled like the fryers greasy oil yes and um no air conditioning and it was above a restaurant where there's ovens running all day and uh, it was just miserable, but it only cost one eighty five a month for rent. Wow! So, and it was two bedrooms. <laughs> wow! Do you think you'd put up with that? I think I could. <laughs> Brett would just go do reggae night. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I would just revolve. My life would revolve around reggae night. I'm like, no, I can't work that shift. Or no, I'm not going to be up in the morning the next day. That's reggae night. <laughs> Well, but, but it, it always gets, I know it sounds corny, but, but like you will upgrade over and over again until there's no leaking from the ceiling. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it, it really comes down to just a plan. Like I think being in a miserable or shitty circumstances, like if you know that in six months or 18 months, you can find something different sock away enough to get a, a down payment for a better place or, or meet new people to find a better situation, you know, is the goal. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I, I honestly, like I just, I, I barely even care. Like, nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's even better. No, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, even- no, it's, 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 it, I'm just glad to, to, to be here and to be, you know, be like free. Yeah, 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 of course. You know, like yeah. smoke weed whenever you want. I don't know if you smoke yeah. weed, but you can't do that. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in. We yeah. we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have a good night. Have a nice night. Peace. Folks, uh we're gonna have to hurry it up. We got a lot of people calling. Uh thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Stephanie over in Missouri. How are you guys? Great. How are you, Stephanie? I'm doing well. I'm sorry that Tony Hawk isn't on the Switch, Brent. It's miserable. But it's a good game if you have a different console or a PC. I think yeah. it's on PC. I, I mean, I've never played a PC game in my entire life. But uh, I'll just wait till it comes out on Switch. You know, I'm a big boy. I can wait. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I, I hear you about SNL not being funny. It wasn't funny at all this last episode it was at least i usually at least laugh at something but it was just nothing this time yeah it's really weird like no jokes it looks like no jokes to me that's the problem it's like there's like sketch skits where they have like a concept that should be funny like oh drew barrymore is replacing ellen or whatever but it's just like there's no actual jokes. It's just like a, a deadpan like impersonation of them or it's just like where well, there's nothing like humorous. It's just sure. like if imagining a Drew Barrymore talk show and that's what happened. <laughs> there's, no, like, there's no like uh surprise or like punchline or anything. That's incredible. <laughs> What if? Yeah, it's pretty bad. 
Yeah, I, I can't watch it. I saw that they did the moment of silence for RBG, and I'm like all for you being like, ah, oh, she's great, you know, she's a judge and stuff. But it's like, this is a comedy show. And it's bizarre to yeah. dress like her <laughs> and do a moment of silence. That's just fucking a bizarre thing to do you know yeah, it's not a common custom no <laughs> no i it's- mean the push-up thing wasn't common either i enjoyed that i think i think maybe that her her funeral did inspire me to have like somebody that knows me as the fireworks guy will come and let off fireworks at my funeral <laughs> um so i called in since it's the um abcd show uh, and I haven't called in yet, so thanks, guys, for having um, an ABCD show. Not a problem. To like just encourage different kinds of viewers to call in or listeners. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we do it. Right. Also, because we're angels, <laughs> not ghosts, not ghosts. We're angels. We're not ascended. Ghosts. We're ascended. <laughs> yes, angels. That's the other reason. But you know, uh, uh, it, so. Uh, what? Nothing. I'm wet. Brett's giving me a look like, eh. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, sitting. I'm... Is there anything else? No, she's got um, to get started. The oh, main that's thing what I that I thought of as like a topic to talk about with you guys would be, um, I've been working the census this year, which has been a pretty good experience. Oh, you're liking it. And Everybody that's doing the fucking census is liking it. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty chill, well, chill gig. It, it helps that they pay, they're paying me twenty one fifty an hour, Damn. and they're paying for when I drive, too. So Cheers. It's like, of course I'm enjoying this. How many steps it's you really pulling? really easy work that I'm being paid well for. How many steps you pulling, just out of curiosity? Steps? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I'm not chained to the Apple Watch. Oh. Like my... <laughs> mom and husband i don't pay attention to my steps oh jeez! i get a lot more steps when i'm doing apartments than when i'm doing house to house i gotta i wanna uh maybe the next time they do the census i'm doing it yeah i mean it seems like, like people are fucking loving it years. i'll do this yeah. whole damn i'll do this whole damn city in one ten day years. yeah in 10 years in 10 years i'm gonna do the census <laughs> because the people that have called in and have been like, I'm doing the census. They're like, it's magnificent. Yeah, learn me did it. You get to meet new people. You get it's to have the time of like your life. It's pretty much like the best way to like have a work set up because you work whenever you want to. You just put in the phone when you want to work and then you do it. Oh, this sounds great. And it's just good money. It's like, that's a good yeah, side hustle. very good money. That's like excellent side hustle. No, it's not per- It's not available enough, though. It's a, oh. one- it's a good one-time thing. Yeah. Ten years from now, I got a side hustle sure. lined up. Okay, you know? Think, thinking ahead. Who knows what I'm going to be making now? But I know one thing: I'm going to be making twenty dollars an hour yep. doing the census. Yep, certainly are. <laughs> any, any. You know one of the weirdest experiences was when I was um, going to a house and asking people like the census questions, and they kind of like stopped in the middle of the interview. And we're like, so how can I get a census job? And I was like, well, at this point, since it's like September, probably not this year. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they just like shut the garage door on me. <laughs> and I, I didn't get to finish the interview with them. Oh, no. <laughs> so that was weird. <laughs> hey, you know. Like they- <laughs> it, it, the thing is, like, if you can't get them a job... I mean, we'll you get, know, what are you coming to the door for? Is what they were thinking. 
you have any um <laughs> any have have any like uh altercations or tense moments um not really there was um there's people who like try to talk to me through the door, like being like, who is it? And then it's like hard to explain who I am muscled through a door. Um, that's just more annoying than an altercation. Sure. And yeah, most of the kind of guys who are like gruff and have like no soliciting signs and stuff, soften up once you actually like explain who you are. Okay. I'm terrified to do that. I would never, I can't go up to somebody's door that has no, cause I know they're evil. Too intimidating. Well, <laughs> I've, I've said this before, man. I, I think those signs are for intimidating people, scary people uh, that like, I think that's a, uh, and I'm sorry if somebody on hold or something has that sign. I think that's a very antisocial behavior to get that sign. I think it's, I honestly think it's very out of date. I think it came from a time when there wasn't like digital sales and stuff. And people were like going door to door and knocking on the door regularly. It is not something that happens at all to me. I'm home all day long. And besides voter people, I have not, the only thing I've been trying to have been sold is pest control. There's a pe- person that goes past door to door to sell pest control. Other than that, nobody has tried to sell me anything. Yeah, I mean, I've had people come to the pal- come to my door quite a bit, but I just kind of felt like, well, uh, uh, I you know, I guess part the- of living in the city. I used to get the people that want me to change my power supply. I guess probably once every two or three months. Yeah, but not yeah. enough to put up a sign. Yeah, it's not a big deal. It's it's fine. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you're doing it, and I'm glad it's working out well. Great. All right. Yeah, in the training, they were saying, like, you can go up to houses that have no soliciting signs, because we're technically not solicitors, but to just skip over no trespassing signs. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, like, the really scary people have no trespassing. That's there. true. Both, both. Yeah, every time Same. I... Yep. Every time I see one of those, I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't even know why this is here. I don't want to have someone explain it to me. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be the guy that, nope, that put this this up. up. (laughs) True. True. All right. Well, have a good night. I'll let you guys get the next caller. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for calling in. We appreciate Uh, it. We got a lot of calls here. So many. If we can try to do a lightning round because uh, I want to go home. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe not. We'll go home and snuggle my wife. We're going to do overtime, probably. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, I think uh, I think I'm on. This is yeah. Jaya. What's up? Jaya, what's up? How are you? This is Jaya Sudoresh <laughs> from Jacobin. I'm good. I'm good. How you doing tonight? What? I thought you were Jacobin. It's the other one, isn't it? Oh, no, no, no. I thought you said from Jackson. I'm like, I'm from New York. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to Jack. But Jackson's a nice place. Yeah. I don't know, actually. I'm I'm from upstate, man. Yeah. No, I I write from... It's not Jacobin yet. Hopefully I get in soon. But no, I write from Current Affairs. Yeah, I should have had your page up. I just was uh, uh, looking at Smokey and the Bandit models. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's me <Yeah. laughs> what's yeah. up what are you up to jaya oh you know i'm smoking i shouldn't be smoking 
I'm a dobbin to do that in 20 minutes. Right yeah. Smoking again. Yeah, me too. You know yeah, what? It's tough. What are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. You know what? Sometimes it's really it, fucking addictive. I mean, oh, I just said the bad word. You're allowed. Yeah. You're allowed to. Okay. Here. We welcome it. Here's the thing. Oh, it is yeah. horrible and bad, and it's a terrible habit. But once you've done it for a period of your life. You're probably going to go back to it every once in a while. It's something that I've accepted and is true because, like, all kinds of people go back to it. And here's the real fucking thing about it it rules. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. I okay. Don't know. Well, you can say that. I think it rules. And yeah. That's why there's a problem with it. Sure, it's the same sure. thing with, with my painkiller addiction. Sure. If I have to be yeah. very careful around painkillers because they fucking rule. Sure. You know, it's yeah. just. <laughs> They're a good time. Yeah. 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 yeah there's just something yeah, about. how not... I feel about them. Yeah. Go ahead. When, when do you do more than two a day? Then it just it's diminishing returns. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, you're always. It sucks. Like the thing about addiction is like chasing that. It sucks that you have to change that feeling. Like it feels like you should have unlimited chances at that feeling every your whole life. Like if you could have a good yeah. life, right? You would be able to have that feeling. And like, yeah, it wouldn't even be a pain in the ass to get, but it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I quit drinking, so you know my That's my a- sobriety date is coming up. Uh, the twenty second, I'm going to be a year, which wow, best thing I ever did for myself. But That's great. Uh, I, it unfortunately has meant that I've been smoking a lot more. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that I was know. something with me too. Is well, like, it- I don't even know. Well, it happened on tour because it was just being away from home and it was like, I'll take fucking anything to feel good. You know? Yeah. Well, the other thing. Well, and also I think that you can't expect to turn your life around like something drastic or or as big of a change as like not drinking. I mean, you can find your way towards giving up cigarettes, you know, at a, at a time, but it's, it's not going to be like, you're going to be a whole different person, you know, in in any short period of time. I know. Yeah, I know, I know. absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you a story. Okay. Um, while I got you, um, I was this this Friday. I hung out with a friend of mine who has kind of fallen on some hard times. Uh, he's a ex Politico guy. Now, not like Politico the magazine. He was like a political operative in New York, and now he's fallen on some hard times, and he's living with a friend of his who's a Trump supporter, um, total, like, closeted gay dude, totally in love with my friend. Um, and uh, we had, like, the best time together, like, all the three of us. Uh-huh. You know, we were, we were just fighting about politics and trying to convince him that socialism is not, like, the bad, worst thing in the world. And he was just like, not a socialist. Socialism is bad. And the point is, I smoked like eight cigarettes, and it ruled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're great. When That's you're, my story. When you're jaw jacking, <laughs> when you're yelling at people, they do help. Yeah. 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 Was you it a good like, argument? You're in a monster movie. <laughs> I know because because his friend is is kind of a moron. I, I hate to say that, it's but the like worst feeling. he was just like 
You know, his thing was that it was like, uh, what did he say? He said, I like Trump because Trump does what he says he's going to do. And I go, well, okay, but Bernie says he's going to do what he's going to do too, right? He's like, yeah, but he's going to do socialism. I'm like, but at least he's honest, right? And he goes, no, he's a socialist. <laughs> what? Yeah, wow! Well, like he's an socialist. Socialist is you know. Yeah, it's it's a synonym with liar. To a lot of people. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like he couldn't get over. He is just the worst part. Is this dude is union? He worked for the Teamsters yeah. for thirty years, and he he's a he builds engines. He builds turbines for General Electric, which is like the big employer around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, guys like that, though, are depressing. Guys like that are Trump people. Trump speaks to something. And I I said this during the debate. Like, I do see who he's talking to. During that debate, Mm -hmm. I I was like, oh, I, yeah, I get it. I, I, you can, you can watch him talk. And if you've met a Trump supporter and and you've been around one and had like, you know, one-on-one conversations or, or or any of that kind of stuff. When you see Trump speaking like he did at the debate, you're like, mm-hmm. I get, like, I get why they like him. I don't like him, and I thought he came off like a fucking mm-hmm. asshole. But I think that's what they mm-hmm. like, I guess. Yeah, just a personality. You know, it just sucks. It yeah, freaking sucks. It's the worst. You know, like, they like, you know, and that's the reason why his ratings, you know, I started listening to the beginning of the show and then I went and picked up my boyfriend and came back and that's why his ratings have gone down is because his entire thing is being a hard dude, you know, like, and if he displays some weakness, even, even, you know, necessary weakness, it, that's the reason why they hate Hillary is because. Hillary got pneumonia, you know, and now Trump's got pneumonia and is probably going to keel over in a few days. Inshallah. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what I can say and can't say, but anything you I want. Just, oh. <laughs> this show isn't, isn't, we don't, we aren't, it's after safe Harbor basically. So after 10 o'clock, you can say I anything know. you want. <laughs> I know. I just don't want the FBI on my ass. Yeah, you don't want to get you don't want to get a uh, Jake Flores, <laughs> one of those old nah, no. Jake Flores moves. Yeah, don't want to get talked to. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get talked to. Yeah, either. no, definitely don't want to. I just, you know, I'm a, uh, I uh, there. There's an old Jewish curse that my best friend told me about, which is like for someone who dies who you liked, you say may their memory for be for a blessing. For someone who was a despot who ruined lives and stuff, you say, uh, may their name be erased. So, okay, yeah, I love it. I kinda, like that's kind of what I've been saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that is cool. Well, yeah. Jaya, we have a bunch of calls, and Brett's going to make me work overtime, which is an- against yeah. my it's against my union contract, but I might allow it. <laughs> uh, so have a, tell people where to find you. Okay, I'm at at, at ShutUpJaya on Twitter. I've got a Substack newsletter uh, called jayatime.substack.com, and I'm starting a podcast, you guys. All um, right. With, uh, with, yeah, uh, we, God knows we needed another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, watch my social media because I'm going on Instagram Live tomorrow to announce a bunch of things. 
when right my on. friend Andam Gibber-Georgis, who is is my is my dude, he's he's cool. Uh, you're you're all gonna like him a lot. So great. Looking forward to looking forward to y'all checking that out. Yeah, listen to him. See ya. Bye. All right, Peace. BP. Yes, we need to make a decision here. Okay, go. Okay. We're in lightning round. Thanks for Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Howdy. Hey, how are you? Who's this? Hey, it's it's Jen from beautiful Ventura County, California. Jen. Uh, have you seen this podcast? My pronouns are she, her. Okay. 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 Uh, uh, how's it going? What's up? Oh, not too much. I've just been listening to the show. Um, I am uh, checking the uh, constantly checking the LA Times wildfire map to see if any of my friends' houses are going to burn down. But other than that, it's a pretty chill night out here. How are you guys doing? Okay, okay. ABCD show is gone over. I mean, we should just do them every week at this point. I think it's gone over pretty well. Yeah, lots of calls. So that's what that that's how we're doing. Anything that's successful makes me feel good. <laughs> well, you guys are uh, giving a voice to the often voiceless, so, you know. Except for me, I have my own my own podcast. <laughs> yeah, what was the name of? I didn't hear that. Oh, um, I have a have uh, media podcast called Have You Seen This? Yes. It's uh, with Jen. Tim. You're supposed yes. Jen, I gotta tell you something. Uh if you would you wouldn't <laughs> have had to wait on hold. I would have let you write through. This is Balsonk on Twitter. I am a fan of Balsonk. I just you. didn't know I didn't know it was you. I didn't want to assume. Thanks for calling. Um, I said I'd call, so I called in. Um, I didn't know if there was a trick or anything. There um, is. I don't mind waiting. I just listen. Uh, you know, I just listen to whatever. I, a couple of my friends were on. It was great to hearing hearing Emma, who's yeah. a very good friend of mine. She's wonderful. And uh, quite met, a few of my Twitter mutuals as well. Yeah, I met her yeah. down in Atlanta. Well, can I ask you? Because this is what I told you we'd talk about. Do you have any movie recommendations? For uh, uh, oh, I us. have a good one. For I have a really good one. Um, Brett, you you're guys, gonna. Uh, <laughs> huh? I, I'm saying, Brett, you're gonna want to listen because he has the same, like he has the same sort of uh, uh, you know, he. I think you and him have a lot in common when it comes to movies. Well, um, I hope that you guys will indulge me because uh, the one I have this time is uh, a little bit left field. Um, for anybody who has the Shutter streaming service, um, and if you like uh, the kind of very earnest sort of auteur statements that you only find from complete lunatics, uh, I highly recommend that you go over and watch uh, Glenn Danzig's Veronica. Uh, people oh, people have been trying to get me to watch this. And the thing is, I don't watch any animation at all. It's not it's not animation. It's it's uh it's live action. It is a uh horror anthology um with three uh perfectly inert stories and lots of titties. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. I didn't know that it was I thought it was a cartoon. So, which is what no, I call animation. I believe, 
I believe it's based on a comic book series also penned by Mr. Danzig. Oh. Um, and it is seriously one of the funniest fucking things I've seen in a long time. Um, I, had, I had a tremendous belly laugh within like the first two minutes of watching it. Um, does knowing absolutely delightful. Does does being like a person who's into Danzig or know a bit knows a bit about Danzig is that does that help? Are you a fan? Well, um, that's the thing uh, because I'm not I'm not really knowledgeable about uh, Glenn Danzig beyond you know like I know the song Mother and all that, but I don't know a lot about his music. He did do the music for this particular feature. Um, he had a, he had quite a lot to do with this. And in addition to writing it, he also directed it. He's co-credited the cinematographer. Um, wow. You figure that he has to have like the final say on all the casting because when you watch it, you're like, okay, did he just cast all porn stars? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's his vision, I guess. So I, I wonder if it's also yeah. I like, mean, he is kind of living the dream. I wonder if it also has something to do with like. Is it, what's the, like, is that who he could afford? Are, are porn stars, I guess you can probably get actors cheaper than porn stars, right? Yeah. You know, that is a very, very good question. Um, I, yeah, I would think that <clears throat> porn stars, um, it, you know, just like sex workers in general, at least the ones I know tend to, uh, know their worth and like negotiate like very aggressively, like they're, um, at, at least the ones who have some experience in the field aren't just going to be like, oh yeah, like I'll go do your movie for like craft services and you know I mean, credit, right? I mean, like no, fuck you, pay me. Which I, you know that should be how it is, but course. you know in um, filmmaking on that, I don't want to say on that level, although it does look incredibly cheap. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a couple of years old, so I don't know if. Uh, Shutter free the bill for any of it. You know, they probably just picked up the, the streaming rights because I think they very shrewdly know what they have here. Um, it's something very much in the vein of the room, like something that you watch with your friends and, you know, you just get super high and, and laugh your ass off. I want to watch um, it. Now. We might have to do that on the stream. Yeah. Or on the, the Patreon. Veronica. Well, we're definitely. We're actually going to cover it for Have You Seen This in an upcoming episode. In fact, I believe Tim and I are recording it um, this Thursday. Uh, but we're going to do something a little different for our show. We're going to kind of try to rewrite the stories into something that might actually be um, a narrative. <laughs> That's <laughs> <Because> funny. <laughs> yeah. Narrative is not Glenn Danzig's strong suit. Um, well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, most he, can write a story, oh, he can write a story about a killer wolf. In song form, <laughs> and I gotta tell you, he's great at that. I love the story of the killer wolf. He ain't no backdoor wolf, <laughs> but he him. but he says I, it like this: I, I ain't no backdoor wolf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I honestly there is, a, there is a wolf in Veronica. Yeah, he loves wolves. He I, does. Would, yeah, he does. <laughs> I would figure Shutter would make a bigger deal out of having that because for the price of the account, that is like a really good. I mean, you're gonna pay four dollars to rent it or six dollars to rent it, right? If you if you digital stream it, that's really huge. And he has a lot of people that are interested in him, and like to Gen X people, he's like a big time fucking celebrity. Yeah, 
He's a big as Yeah, well, the reason that I even knew about it was because they did, like, a big, like, email promo push for it. Um, I got an email from Shudder saying, hey, look at what we got. And you can tell from reading the copies that they're, again, like, they know exactly what they're selling here. Okay. Um, Well, that's good. I think think they have confidence that it's going to be kind of a, um, you know, a cult favorite. Uh, like a lot of their movies, but this is a very special kind of cult movie. Yeah, this one has, uh, I mean, this is like a, 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 a secret tape type movie. Like, this is like a, a, a movie of lore. Like, people heard that he wanted to make a movie, and he actually went and did it. <laughs> it makes it easy to see. Yeah, and you know what? Bless him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Because, uh, Follow your heart. <clears throat> yeah, making a feature is not easy so um you know bless him for actually doing it <clears throat> excuse me he actually you know he obviously did assemble a crew and um you know put his vision on uh i would say probably video um <laughs> and damn it it's a unique vision <laughs> i gotta see it now really you, you sold me can i ask you one more thing Absolutely. before we get these last calls in uh, is Shutter good? Shutter is great. Um, I think that uh, my co-host is a very big fan of it um, because uh, he just really loves horror in in general. Um, he's really into like horror anthologies and stuff like that, so he spends a lot of time watching it. Um, we've also found some really good original content on there, like uh, because he watches it all the time. He recommended to me. Uh, a short series called Dead Wax uh, that was it's actually original content produced by Shudder. Um, and that was really good. Um, it's about people trying to track down a very malign uh, piece of vinyl, um, a record that uh, has a very pernicious effect on anyone who listens to it. And it, was, it obviously, like, not a lot of money went into it, but it's extremely well done, like, very cleverly made and um, a very fun watch. And, you know, of course, they got all your favorites on there. Like, they got, I was watching Hellraiser the other night. Um, they've got Phantasm. They've got some very good cultural documentaries about horror in general. Um, uh, one, I believe, called Black Noir, which is about uh, African Americans in uh, horror cinema. Um, another one called Cursed Films, which uh, takes kind of a skeptical look at movies like The Exorcist or Poltergeist that have been described as cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say Shutter's doing really good content, and they're only five ninety nine a month, so, you know, you can't beat it. I mean, fucking Netflix is twelve ninety nine a month, and I rarely watch it. I'm more likely to watch something on Shutter. So if there was one app, if you could only get one of the streaming apps, what which one would you get? Oof. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, honestly, <laughs> I, um, I might, I'm end up going with Hulu just so I could keep my, um, my Spotify account. I get free Hulu with, you know, for like $9.99 yeah. for Spotify. <laughs> right. But, um, really like, uh, you can make you very well with YouTube. I found I don't pay for YouTube. I just go on there and watch like old ass history channel documentaries. Um, WWF matches from 1992, um, weird <laughs> old documentaries about plane crashes. You know, that's where the real shit is. 
And yeah. uh, if you dig through YouTube, you're going to find a lot of good shooting in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th Jen, thanks for calling in. Tell people where to where to find you. Oh, well, uh, you can find us over at patreon.com slash have you seen this? Um, you can find us on Twitter as well at H-Y-S-T pod. And uh, I, of course, am very active on Twitter as Bosnonk. So uh, come to Twitter and say hi and please check out my show. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, Jen. We really appreciate it. Thanks again, guys. I've had an enjoyable evening tonight listening in. So oh, thank you. Fun. I appreciate yeah, pre it. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. That was sweet. Yeah. All right. Next call. Shutter, I would say if you can subscribe and you if you pay six bucks for the subscription and you're looking for spooky movies, you can find so much stuff right now. It's absolutely worth six dollars for one month. Do you have it? Uh, I don't have it right now because I have a Plex library. Oh. And last year I tried to get all the movies from the library when it was Halloween. And I realized you need to get Halloween movies in like fucking April when no one is thinking about that stuff. So I have built up my library. I'm trying to watch one movie a day. I started, the started strong. I watched The Beyond by uh, this guy named Fulci. He has like a bunch of different movies, but it's a, uh, He's an Italian dude, so it's kind of like the spaghetti western thing. The music is just so fucking bizarre. The effects are next level. Uh, the plot is like not very clear, but the movie was fucking sweet. So, but I have other movies I want to see. I have other movies on my on my drive. I'm going to watch. Yeah, I watched uh, Hocus Pocus and Beetlejuice yesterday, and then Adam's Family today. It's been the family hits are tough. Yeah, I well, Kate but, was that was the thing. Katie was supposed to go with them to see Beetlejuice and Hocus Pocus. And when she told me that, I was like, looks like Brian's going to have a solo night. <laughs> I'll be damned if I watch Hocus Pocus. I don't want to go to the drive-in and be yeah. rude and be talking. You know, you know? what, though? Actually, I got to say, Hocus Pocus, I do. I, it's too, it's too wholesome for me. And I can't focus. But sitting outside... In laying on a cot, watching it at the drive-in while drinking like a bunch of Bush Light was fun. That was, and it was like the best. We got Taco Bell nachos, so I was eating Taco Bell nachos and watching it, and it wasn't that bad. It was the best way to see Hocus Pocus. But now that it's out of the way, I mean, what's next? Probably Paranorman, Monster House. Those aren't bad. Those are good kids yeah. ones. All right, sorry, it's it's lightning round. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, hey, is it me? You would know. This, yeah, this is Arona in Virginia. Hey, thanks for calling How's in. How's it going? Yeah, um, actually, I tweeted at you, Brian. I'm the one who um, Facebook sent me, promoted, and added me, like, some speech that Charles Coke gave. Oh, yeah. To, um, the Society for Human Resource Management. <laughs> this is great. So, yeah, I wanted to tell you, um, I had a really awful job. When I first moved to Virginia, um, the, I was the HR generalist. And um, so my boss was, you know, one of her friends was like, oh, make this person join the Society for Human Resources and, like, get their training. So um, I went to one of the conferences. So I thought I could tell you about that. Yeah, absolutely. What goes on at a human resources conference? So um, it was a two-day thing, and honestly, I probably, I must have smoked a lot of weed, but, like, in the morning before going, because I don't remember it that well. Sure. But the thing that, um, 
a couple of things stuck out. So they had a little video in the PowerPoint to make sure we knew that um, we should always know in advance before a new employee shows up to the work site. <laughs> like, <laughs> as the HR person, don't be surprised when a new employee shows up. Yeah, that's, um, um, I mean, does that have to be said out loud? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um and so one thing they went through was how you should have salary bands for all of your jobs, right? Like yeah. this is the range that we pay for this level. And they showed us that as you get higher up in the level, the uh, range is supposed to get bigger. And they explained this is because, you know, once you're a vice president, you can't necessarily get promoted, but you want to be able to continue, you know, giving them raises. Ah, yes, um, of course. You know, meanwhile, the entry pe- level people aren't getting promoted either, right? Fuck, oh my God. <laughs> um, Ugh, imagine just having that much mo- extra money going around and being like, well, I have no reason to continue doing this. There's, <laughs> I, I, all my, all my, I have a house and several cars and everything's paid off, but I want to be able to earn more. That sucks. Yeah. So the most awkward part of the conference was, I think it was the first day towards the end of the day, the woman leading it um, asked, so who here is in a workplace that has a union? And a bunch of people raise their hand and a bunch of people don't. I don't. I wasn't in a union workplace. Um, so she says, okay, so maybe it was less than half the people raised their hands. So she goes, okay, well, that's great. So, you know, if you don't have a union in your workplace, you want to make sure you don't get one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that so phrasing. Raise- <laughs> that folksy yeah, so kind of. raise my hand. I'm like, um, excuse me, you know, my mom's a union member. She's a teacher. Like, I don't understand what's the problem with unions. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to play dumb to hear what she said. And she just froze and everyone in the room, like, turns around to stare at me. Um, and she's just like, well, um, I'm going to be very careful with what I say here. Well, you know, a union, it just it changes the dynamic and the relationship in the office. So um, that's why you shouldn't have it. And then she quickly changed the subject. You got, I, I would have loved to have said like, is it possible that you're saying that? I mean, here, listen, at a human resources convention, they're going to want to say, no, they're going to want to be like, we don't want unions because once you have a union, there's very little use for human resources. <laughs> like, they they kind of serve that purpose. And uh, so I can understand it at a human resources con. But uh, uh, it's like, uh, don't say it. Don't say it like it changes the dynamic of the relationships in the office. The way that it does that is by you losing your job. Like. <laughs> That's the dynamic and, and change. Honestly, like if it makes it more easy, like if it makes it easier, like they'll still have to have some human resource person and then your job will be easier. Yeah. You know, like you only have to negotiate one salary, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's less people. It's good for the company. Unions are great for the company. Mm-hmm. I really believe that anyway, you know. I do too. I mean, my father-in-law is a mechanic. He does uh, transmissions and like, he can't really afford to train people. So he 
he recognizes the union does the training for him. That's true. That's um, smart as hell. So I have, am I allowed to tell one more work story or sure. do I need to speed my time? No, go for it. Yes. Go, but we might sure. rush so, you off when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, if I get offended, I'll just subtweet you. <clears throat> um, so at my current job, um, I'm not doing HR anymore. Thank God. And, um, I basically doubled my salary by changing jobs twice in like three, four years. Um, so my current job, since I'm in DC area, it's a, um, membership association. So with COVID there's the risk that, um, the organizations that are members of our, that paid membership dues to us won't want to pay next year. So we've had these like really serious, um, all employee meetings where the boss is like, yeah, this is really tough, but you know, you really wanted me to tell you what's going on. So that's why I'm telling you this, but it's tough. So he starts talking about um, these different cost cutting measures we're going to do. And this is all over Zoom. So I put in a question and like, there wasn't a way to ask anonymously. And I guess I could have sent it to just like only the president, but I sent it so everyone could see after he lists like the cost cutting measures. I asked, you know, is senior leadership considering a pay cut? Oh God! And the president, yeah. So the president sees the question and answers, and he's like, "Of course, I said everything's on the table." And you know, then he just keeps on going. <laughs> everything's on the table. To... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so my boss had to call me afterwards, and actually, because of listening to your show, I realized he was doing his HR speak with me. My boss says. This is a coaching opportunity for you. <laughs> <laughs> and we've identi we'd identified one of your flaws, which is you, know, you asked something, you asked a negative question about the boss. Yeah. So, um, and the thing is, I work on a team that's like an affiliate of the parent company. So we're like a wholly owned subsidiary, but our funding stream is totally separate. So, that was like two staff meetings ago. So then this month when we have the staff meeting, my boss sends a message just to our team to basically be like, just so you know, if they just discuss the budget, this doesn't apply to us. So someone else was like, are you saying we shouldn't be in the meeting or like we shouldn't ask any questions? He's like, yeah, if you have questions, just ask me later. Don't ask questions. <laughs> you know what's up. You're the me of that workplace. Yeah, you're ruining your boss's yeah. day well, by making it uncomfortable. You also, but you kind of, I mean, in a place like in those big corporations or larger places, uh, like you kind of force their hand where they like kind of have to tolerate it. Like, no, you're certainly allowed to ask anything. We said it was all on the table, but then in the back channel, they're like, get her fucking head on on a table, you know, on a silver platter, right? It's yeah, and honestly, I felt like everyone deserved to know, and I know I do my job well like I knew I wouldn't get fired over it so I felt safer asking and like my team still pays like 10% of our boss's million dollar salary so even if our budget comes from a different revenue stream it still impacts us um so yeah I would say 10 out of 10 I would do it again hell yeah oh, yeah we love it I mean that's the kind of stuff that you gotta do if 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 you don't have a union, those are the kind of issues you bring up to in front of your coworkers, and uh, they have to grapple with it too. Yeah, 
Yeah, my boss, my husband likes to say that um, I'm HR's least favorite person wherever <laughs> I work. That's great. I was too. So that doesn't. I I see that as high praise. Right. Me too. Well, have a great night, guys. Thank, Thank you. You too. Appreciate it. That's good. That's that good. was that was awesome. Next call. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? And what's your pronouns? Hi. Uh, <laughs> um, this is also Kristen. I called. Um, is Kristen still there? I haven't heard her. Yeah, she's yes, here. I'm, I'm still here. I'm just screen. chilling. <laughs> Hi, Kristen. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, I feel so ner- uh, she, her, I feel so nervous because I don't want um, Brian. I'm just going to talk as fast as possible. So uh, I know that last time I talked about a small business tyrant story that I had, but I wanted to know because I know, um, Brian, you were talking about the, like, what would you do show when it's like, I would mind my own business. Yeah. <laughs> but what would, what would you do? Because there have been several times, um, especially this was before coronavirus, but as we like get back into things reopening, I go to breakfast at like um, cafes a lot. And there have been two separate instances where I'm like, trying trying to mind my own business eating breakfast and i hear the guy who's the owner he has he's like hired these um you know like 18 year old yeah. kind of girls and he's telling them when the register's short he's going to be taking it out of their paycheck so they need to be paying attention to like you know because he thinks that they're just being careless so he told them that whatever shortage there is on the register um, he's going to dock their pay, which right. is illegal. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people don't know labor laws. So um, what would you do? Uh, it's the same place over and over? No. It, these are two different places. Oh, wow. But they're... they're... Uh, well, the other place... Sorry. No, go. Go, please. Oh, the other place, it happened again, so it's probably a pretty common thing. The... Um, this other place I was eating breakfast and the um, waiter actually told his boss, you know, I think he felt guilty about something. He was like, well, you know, if, if you need to take it out of pay, you can't like there was like, and, um, and the boss or whatever left. And a few minutes later, um, the guy walked past and I said, Hey, can I talk to you? (laughs) And he looked really nervous and he said, yeah, and I'm like, just so you know, um, she's not allowed to do that to you. I know that you offered because you're probably like nervous about it, but um, that's against California labor laws, so um, she like is not allowed to do that to you. And he looked so like scared, like I was. He he just seemed so confused, but also like nervous. Yeah. I don't know if he thought I was like testing him or something like that like well, i'd been set up just but, um, in the middle of a catastrophe really like probably just terrified that is not going to have a job <laughs> even though it's a piece of shit job and then now you've stepped in and just kind of legitimized it like yeah this is an issue you need to you need to stand up for yourself and they're like i just want to come to work i don't want to have things change <laughs> Yeah, I think if you see something like that a few times, if you do have, I wouldn't make a big scene because that's probably just going to get them yelled at at the end of the day. But like, I'll say this. 
This is in no way defending a fucking boss. A lot of okay. every job I've ever had in my life, the boss loves to do that joke. Yeah, hey, I'll dock your pay. You yeah. Know? So what what would you do is that we watched it on the Patreon and John Quinones hosts it and he sets up these outrageous scenarios and, and see if sees uh who will like uh get themselves involved. I mean, I, I have to say if I heard somebody saying you're gonna get your pay docked for that. Um, I wouldn't say a shit because that's just like Brian said, something I've heard in every job I've had. So, uh, but I think that you did the right thing in that, like, if you know better or, um, I think I don't ever hold it against somebody if they aren't a good Samaritan or don't do the right thing. I mean, we all, we, we, we are beholden to our own like chemical responses to situations. Um, but I think that if you have some regret about something was hand, the way something was handled, I think just getting a game plan for the future is, is the way to do it. And it sounds like you, you did the right thing by just mentioning to that kid, uh, whether or not like they took any of it in, it sounds like, like they were like, uh, their soul had left their body at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. The other instance though. So what happened was, I guess maybe I do need to mind my own business. So these girls, you know, like I was like them, I'm only like a little bit older than them. So, and I knew, you know, what it might be like for them to have this like 40 something year old guy be your boss, you know, and just like always be a total dick. And so, um, he was talking to them about it and I had to leave. So (laughs) as I was walking out, I approached, it was him and three of the, like the younger, um, waitress, hostess, whatever girls. And I, (laughs) said uh, i'm sorry i know it's literally not my business but i don't know if you're aware that it's illegal to take um like lost uh money from the cash register out of your employee's uh paycheck yeah and um and just so i'm like we're all here we all heard it you know and so they don't have to confront him Later. Yeah, that's so I great. I don't know if that was bad no. or good, but I just said that and then I like walked out and I feel like other people probably wouldn't go back, but I still go back there all the time and um, they haven't like poisoned me or anything yet. So you're, you're perfect. Um, you're, that's perfectly, that's perfect way to do it there. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be afraid. You shouldn't feel bad that you said that. And, um, you did. You just introduced the idea, and now they have to deal with it. And that manager has to acknowledge, and everybody heard it out in the in the wide open sun for us all to hear that you're not allowed to fucking do it. And when they do the research, that's what they're going to find out. When both parties go home and do the research, they're going to find the answer to this question. You know. So I think you did. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, he probably already knows. Yeah, he knows that they don't know. Yeah. Send me. Send me so a message. It just kind of made me angry. Send me a message. I'll send you a street fight shirt as a sell as a, a, a reward for your really? oh my god good deed. Yeah. Good <laughs> this is my John Quinones moment. Yeah, John Quinones <laughs> doesn't even get prizes. What, what was it about those young women that made you want to step in and, and give him a hand? <laughs> <laughs> you know. I would just do what any other good American would do. That's what they uh, yes! Doing my job. <laughs> yeah, that's, they, that's, they that's the show. All right, well, I'll let you guys go get the rest of your calls in, but I just wanted to know um, 
what you would do and if you thought that what I did was appropriate. But I think you guys yeah. had a good night. This has been an awesome you too. show. Yeah, you did great. If you have the stomach for it, I am all into getting in other people's business. It's hard to do. It's hard to feel secure. You have to feel rooted. You have to be like, I don't give a fuck about whatever happens in the scenario. But interjecting yourself into something like that, especially when you're right as hell. Like when you're right as hell, you can be as annoying as you want. That's what the basis of this show in a lot of ways is just pointing out how awful people are based upon evidence and facts and how bad the country is and how shitty workers' rights are. Pointing, Just literally pointing at the evidence. So they can't fuck with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Last call. Oh, last call. You know what? We're doing this. We're going long. We're not doing overtime tonight. We're doing the amount of work that a woman would have to do to get paid as True. much as we <laughs> do. The, this <laughs> is you. recognition of the pay gap. This is not overtime. True. That's true. <laughs> Thank you for calling like Street overtime. Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Am I on? Yeah. Yes. You get the. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm the last caller. This is Sia. Word. I use she, her pronouns. How do you see him? Sweet. Hello. I said sweet. So um, <laughs> the thing I was going to talk about, because it is the ABCD show, is basically how I figured out that I am not a cis guy. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds like perfect last call. So, <laughs> yeah, it's very on theme. Um, a lot of it has to do with music. Oh. And so a lot of um, my experience with it is related to seeing specifically Sarah Taylor in Youth Code. She is the front woman of Youth Code. Um, I want to say in, God damn, it must have been early 2019, maybe. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to assume anyone knows dick about youth code because they're just this LA industrialish band. Uh, Uh, but Sarah Taylor is this extremely, um, punk ass, rusty ass, um, like radical vegan woman, um, who does these screamy ass vocals. And so I go to this show where I'm, I'm seeing health and youth code is opening for them. And I listen to their music ahead of time. And I'm like, uh, eh, 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 not in the screamy stuff at the time I go. And the people I don't go to, sh- I, I pick the worst fucking time to get in, into music shit. Um, cause I got super into, into live music and music production in 2019. And now it's all shut down for now. Hey, you know, I'll tell you, we, all my life, I just wanted to be in a touring act and it finally happened in 2016. And then four years later, it's gone. Since I, I mean, since since I've been like 14 years, since I've been 14 years old, I've probably seen live music once a month or once every couple months like it's a big part of my life it's very weird not to have it right now yeah and like and like realistically if i had that experience i feel like i would have because i'm 26 
I probably would have like figured out my gender identity maybe sooner insofar as like seeing live music. I get a lot of emotions of like relating to the people on stage. And so let's, Oh, that'll bring it back to Sarah Taylor. Um, but the people that played even before Sarah Taylor, people I have not been able to track down to this day, they're just some no-name local people with modular synths or whatever. But it's this, this, from what I could tell, this trans femme person just with a ton of fucking equipment, mm. just going wild with this like pseudo experimental shit. And that was like the first kind of like inkling of, Oh, I want to be her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> before, I, before I even like, knew like i i had grappled even with like my identity as a bisexual person like that was that was a lot to me sure. and so like the idea like oh what if i don't identify with maleness even like considering i hated everything about like maleness my entire life All right. um but uh sarah taylor from youth code comes on stage and is screaming because that's what she does um her vocal part in transitions which she's not a trans femme person but this is a it's a song about being born in the wrong skin yeah and i'm just in in like that live live music atmosphere not in like the pit but i'm on like the border of it with my sister and i'm kind of having that emotion of just like what this is resonating with me and I don't know why (laughs) that kind of thing. Yeah. And then after that, there's like a whole year of, um, this kind of like perfect storm of, um, cause I was really into working out at the time and it's fallen off only because of COVID really. Um, so I'm like listening to music when I'm working out and after that concert, of after that was seeing her and like, I, I thought I wanted to be the first act, but I really wanted to, wanted to be Sarah Taylor. <laughs> um, so I'm having all of, all of these times of like working out, listening to transitions where she is screaming, I fell to this earth in the wrong fucking skin. And I'm like, why do I relate to this so much? Yeah. And then eventually, maybe like five months later, like the absolute like egg cracking moment, like before I make a beautiful omelet of, of transitioning is, um, I'm talking to my Muay Thai trainer and I'm like, Hey, I, I want to try to incorporate some lifts that are, that are good for Muay Thai. And so she's like, well, uh, what are your other goals? And it's just like aesthetic. And she's like, well, what kind of aesthetic? And the immediate thought I have is like, well, I want to look like a woman. So, <laughs> yeah. And then I, I do, um, yeah, I do the mental translation of like, well, I can't say that. <laughs> right. So, right. So I'm just like, okay, I want a big ass. So, and then like gradual, like three months later, I look at my wardrobe and like, I realize I have all women's clothes in there and I'm like, you know what? I should just like be a woman. 
And then immediately, like, an entire fucking world was open to me. And I am much happier now. So it was just um, like you caught the momentum of that show and just kind of kept running with it? Yeah. Well, and, and like, even now, like, that was, oh, that, like, mm, a year and three quarters. Let's say a year and three quarters ago. And now I... From that time, I remember when I got home from that and my sister had bought me a hoodie because it was near my birthday. And so I'm wearing this hoodie, this health hoodie. And I'm like looking at the the MIDI keyboard that my partner bought me years ago that I had kind of toyed with, but I hadn't gotten good with. And I was like, yeah, I'll fuck with this. Like, Like this environment... And there's something magical about this that, like, there's something here that I need to chase. And I had spent the last 10 years, like, kind of, like, bouncing between traumatic events. And I don't, I, yeah, I had finished college by then, but I'm, you know, I'm working as an office drone or whatever, kind of just doing what I think people are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And then... From there, I realized, like, I can do what I want. <laughs> like, I'm, like, you don't have to, I don't know. I was living in a really, really, really small box. And it's hard to see the, the boundaries of the box when you're in it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I believe that. I mean, I've probably had but it, some experiences like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, because it's it's all identity. Like I'm not I'm not even gonna because I know I've I've listened to I think like I've I've been an off and on listener of Street Fight only because of I don't listen to podcasts as often as I would like to. But um, I mean, you you guys know like you 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 guys have struggled with identity too in the same way that everyone else has, but just in ways that are that use different adjectives than gender. And so that kind of self-determination of like, I don't have to be the person I am now there. It is never too late to be the person that you want to be. Yeah. That's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I went through that with the, with the job, with the career, mm-hmm. just fucking being like, yeah. I'm not, I, this ain't who I am. I'm out of here. So, and it opened my life up to do this. So that's absolutely, mm-hmm. that's absolutely true. Well, hey, and it's also one of those things where um, I thought, for some reason, I thought at 26 that was too late to transition, which is a, the dumbest thing in the world to think. There are people that transition at like 60, like it's crazy. Yeah, I but didn't even. Now I'm like, mm-hmm, I didn't ahead. quit my job till I was 32. So, and one of my friends, um, yeah, her, um, one of her parents didn't transition till she was your age till like she was your age. Then her uh, parent transitioned them. Mm-hmm. So they were already like in retirement. Mm-hmm. It is never too late to decide who you are. And like now I've dedicated like a year solid to like getting better at music production. And I have like an annual mixtape that I'm working on. So like, and I'm, and the, the, the walls, it, it, feels like the walls that were around me have shifted 
and it feels like I can do anything now. And so it's just kind of like, I wanted to just say this on the radio show of just like, if you, if you feel something stir within you, when you experience something, always, 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 always chase it because the worst, the worst you can experience is, oh, uh, well, I didn't like that as much as I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see that for sure. I, I, I try to live my life the same way. Really? Hell yeah. All right. Thanks for calling well, I in. Mm-hmm. I know you guys are running along. I'm just going to real quick say I, I make music at, at uh, deadgirlcity.bandcamp.com. I, I, have a, I just put out a single last week, I think. Send us a link um, to the email, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get it on the air. Oh, yeah. Well, no problem. Have, have a great evening. You too. Take care. Get some rest and keep being beautiful. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Have a good one. I am beautiful. That was the ABCD call-in show. Uh, guy that got hung up on. Give me, a, send me another message. I'll, I'll find you anyways. Um, we also. This isn't a. Uh, this is not an ad, but Brian brought over the Trolley Sour Crunchy Crawlers, and they are a goddamn hit. They're the fucking best candy out there, other than the mellow, obviously, on them shells. They're like crispy on the outside. They have a hard candy shell that breaks down like a Skittle, basically. It's like a Skittle shell around a gummy. It's the best. Very good stuff. Highly recommended. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, we are... Uh, we are in Shocktober, so right now Brian is doing a uh, doing the Shocktober thing. They just did uh, the episode with An- Opie and Anthony. Uh, Brian has a new co-host this time around, Chris James. You know him from Not Even a Show. You've probably heard him on your Kickstarter stuck. Sucks. Uh, very funny, hilarious guy that uh, has a really good uh, depth of knowledge when it comes to that kind of stuff. If you want to hear that, head to streetfightradio.com. Sl- I'm sorry. Head to patreon.com slash streetfightradio to listen to that. You can sign up for $5 a month to get the premium auto- audio stuff. Um, we have zines coming out as well. This month, you're going to get uh, religion and activism. You can get those for $3 a month or $8 a month for the entire package. And then uh, we have digital versions of Shocktober and Holy Boys available. And we're doing a pre-order and fundraiser right now for the Providence Food Not Bombs. Uh, you can head to store.streetfightradio.com, get the new Street Fight Radio Skull Tee available in long sleeve. Um, that long sleeve version, the price is like outrageous. Um but that's what the, it's union thing and like printing on the sleeves just adds. It's like half the price of a rate. Like you have a regular t-shirt price. Then you make it long sleeve. You add another half of a shirt. You add printing on the sleeves. That's another half shirt. So now it's like two times the price of a regular fucking t-shirt. Um, but it looks dope and it's union printed and it's made in America. So it's like it's done right. And it's a fucking sick shirt. And uh, we're going to make sure that, you know, an artist gets paid. And, you know, we got to start covering some of the the tour money that we're losing because putting out all these zines and doing all that we're doing, uh, it's we really need the bump. So head to store.streetfireradio.com. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, check the page. I'll send a message sometime this week, but you can get 20% off 
anything in the store, including that pre-order. Uh, we appreciate everybody that supports us and keeps this thing rolling. It's only because you do that we spread this mess across the U.S. We'll see you on Wednesday.